BBC Three Counties Radio. First for news. Are you feeling all right? Do you know who I am? Um... Chicks! Hume Furley Whittingstall? Oh, for goodness sakes. Who I am? I can't tell you how excited I am. One of my heroes is coming on the show later on today. No, not Justin Dealey, although always a pleasure to welcome him. And no, it's not Roland Rat. Fonzie's coming on. The Fonzie's on my show. Henry Winkler's coming on the show later on. Oh, ho, 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 yes. I love Henry Winkler. I love, I love, I love him. And he's coming on the show later. Very excited. Other things. Graffiti isn't racist enough or deemed offensive enough in Hitchin, well, it won't be cleaned up straight away. How big a priority do you think it should be for the council? Residents in Barton Leclay are fighting back over plans for travellers' sites in their area. Our political reporter Paul Scoynes was there at their meeting last night and will tell us what happened in the next half an hour. And people living in a part of Luton say the chopping down of 100-year-old trees to make way for a new inner ring road is utter vandalism. We'll hear why they are so unhappy about the plans. Lots of ways to get in touch. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text 81333. It's like your text 3CR. Or you can give us a call, 08459 455 555. Can someone call up and give me a Fonzie impression, please? I know, listen, he's, he's had it a million times, I don't care anymore. I don't care. I'm so excited. Call up and give me an E. Chicks. He did that, didn't he? 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. The show this morning has a distinct Friday feeling. About it, several members of the team had to be woken up by phone calls from Catherine Boyle, including me. I, w- I was in a in a swanky hotel. Can I have um, a wake up call at five o'clock, please? A little bit of a line for me. Five o'clock at five fifteen. I got a phone call saying, "Yes, um, someone from your office has just called up." Oh, right. Yeah. Thanks very much for that. Thanks. Thanks for the wake up call, guys. And also. Catherine Boyle phoned up the hotel and went, yeah, I'm from the BBC. Oh, Ian Lee's in room 56. What? what? No, hang on, where's my privacy? I'm sure you've infringed a human right there somewhere, swanky hotel. Anyway, I'm in, some of the other members of the team are in, and other members are on their way. But we can sail this ship towards nine o'clock, I guarantee it. Here's a story. People living in part of Hitchin are being forced to live with unwanted graffiti months after reporting the problem because it's not racist or offensive enough. It will be cleaned up, but only as part of routine maintenance work in the area. Hertfordshire County Council says it's to ensure the most efficient use of taxpayers' money in clearing up after vandals. Graffiti that is offensive will be removed within 24 hours. So, should it be a priority for the council? What do you think, dear listener? 08459 455 555. Well, we sent our reporter Sophie Solaria out to discover what the residents think of it. It's disgusting, some of it. The nature of it, and some of it is very uh, abusive in a way, you know. You just feel as though nobody wants to know about it. Nobody wants to clean it up or anything, do they? Our 
estate is full of dog's poo, teenagers on the street when they should be at school, and people selling drugs everywhere you look, and people driving like it's a racetrack on 30-mile-an-hour roads, so... Graffiti really is not a big issue when there's a lot more problems going on. Exactly. But they should be yeah, exactly. should be sorting out and looking into. I mean, we're looking here at, right in front of us now. Yeah. A number of different signatures and signs yeah. on a big it's wall. On the bus stop and things yeah. like that. Does it bother you at all? Yeah, I don't like it at all. It's unnecessary, isn't it? Nobody takes any notice, do they? When you get to my age, you're nothing. You don't feel considered. No, not. No, because they look at you as if you're balmy. (laughs) I think I am, but still. (laughs) Have you ever approached a youth and said, could you stop that, please? No, not since I got mugged. You got mugged? Yeah. Three boys just knocked me down and kicked me, and I lost my teeth, went deaf, and... And that was that was the end of you trying to confront yeah. anybody. Oh, yeah, I don't. Now you no. put up with the graffiti. Oh yeah. Oh to. dear. What a sad story at the end. Our reporter Sophie Salaria. Well, Michael Jowett runs Graffiti Wipeout, which is based in Watford. Morning, Michael. Morning. How hard is it to get rid of graffiti? Uh, all depends on the surface. Um, like I say, you've got sandstone, obviously, which is more worse than anything else. Normal brickwork is quite easy. Supposing uh, I were to write my tag on a bus shelter, how easy is it to get rid of that? Oh, doddle. No problem at all. It's most of, obviously, um, most push are more well protected anyhow. Right. It all depends on the protection you use on the surface. So what do you think uh, about this, about people in Hitchin, that, that, that it's not being removed unless it's rude enough or, or racist? That's about right. They won't, they won't move it, and obviously, if it's, if it's, uh, if it's, um, if it's racist, they'll move it within six hours. Uh, if it's severe, uh, then they'll get them on the old operatives down there to actually deface it and get somebody, uh, their own in-house people, to go and then remove it. How much should, it, um, how much of a priority should it be, getting rid of graffiti, that, that's not offensive? Um, it depends on cost. They, they don't want to pay any money, unfortunately, but um, they'll just pen over it as, as a temporary measure until actually you get a um, big surge, obviously, in the cleanup campaign to uh, remove it. They won't actually put the, put the net out. Do, do, do councils differ around the three counties in the way they deal with graffiti, or is there kind of one one universal policy? Uh, there used to be. It all depends on a campaign, really. Um, uh, the moral campaign. The only time they clean up graffiti on a on a mass uh, mass idea is uh, when there's an, ele- an election, and they want to clean the campaign. It shows that the councils are doing something, and that's the only time really to um, uh, get get your job done uh, for when obviously uh, there's an election kicking up. Michael, obviously we have uh, young ears listening, so be, be careful with what you say. But what, what kind of graffiti h- have you seen, have you come across? Um, anything, really. Uh, obviously uh, abusive, offensive. Uh, people obviously um, just want to put their message over and put a tag. Tags are most of the um, uh, offensive, uh, basically. Uh, that people will um, do what they want uh, and, and show their opinion. Michael, thank you very much indeed. That's Michael Jowett, runs Graffiti Wipeout, based in Watford. Well, th- th- there, there you have it. Councils won't really do anything unless the graffiti's offensive. I've got a suggestion for you, dear listener, and I would never... D- d- please, don't, don't actually go and do this, but if, if the graf- there's graffiti on your wall and it's not that offensive enough, well, surely if you made it more offensive, the council would come and get rid of it, wouldn't they? Yes, would, would they not? Not for one second suggesting you do that, but that's how it would, would work, wouldn't it? Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. What do you think? Is graffiti 
um, a, a priority? Or is it, do you think, well, really, in the great scheme of things, you know, there, there are murders going on, there are drug deals going on. It, it, having someone's tag, having a, a picture of someone's winky drawn on a wall, it's not that important. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. There's no milk in the building. I'm furious. I'm, I'm really furious today. Wow, Billy Joel get, getting very feisty, isn't he? Where is he? Is he dead? Is he? Is Billy Joel dead? I've got no idea. He was very, very big, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, in the 80s and the 90s. And, and he's, he seems to have disappeared from the face of the charts. When was the last time Billy Joel had a... Joel had a top ten hit? When was he last on top of the pops? Probably, probably years ago. Probably a long time ago. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sophie, you're a, you're a young lady, but you, you know who the Fonz is, yeah? Mm-hmm. Do you know who the Fonz is? From Happy Days. Right, OK. Can you give us your bestest Fonzie impression? Um, <laughs> no. Sophie Tyler, thanks very much. Disappointing. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. You'll be happy to know the last member of our team has just arrived and she comes clutching milk, so things things are okay. By the way, if you're going to post rude things about me on, on the Facebook page, Anna Ramsden and anybody else, at least spell my name right. It's I-A-I-N-L-E-E, okay? And I can just confirm, Anna, I certainly am not what you suggested I am. <laughs> Honestly. But thank you for your input. You've been banned from the Facebook page. Very, very naughty. Now, residents in the Bedfordshire village of barton le Clay met last night to plan their response to a decision recommending two traveller sites near to the village. They say there are eight sites planned within a five-mile radius and are considering a response to Central Bedfordshire Council's announcement last week. Political reporter Paul Scoynes was at the meeting at the church hall. Paul, what was the mood like last night? Uh, well, it was fairly uh, well-mannered, Ian, um, but there were lots of people. I, I mean, estimates put it at 300. I'd say that was about right. Um, it was, it was, you know, there were a lot of people who were clearly quite concerned about the, uh, the the decision last week to recommend some sites close to the village. If you remember, there were seven sites put forward by Central Bedfordshire Council uh, from a, a from a list of around Paul? 30. Paul, is everything, Sorry, is everything OK? What happened? You, no, fall, you fall out phone. of bed? No, I'm not in bed. Okay, sorry. Okay, <laughs> okay. my phone keeps falling off my windowsill, um, but uh, it's safe now. Because I'm um, glad there are thirty. Yeah, there are thirty-two uh, sites that were put forward, um, or for consideration by central beds. That got whittled down to seven in the end, um, and the, one of them, or actually two of them, because you could say one was quite close to Barton and one was in the village. Uh, so there was clear concern from there. They'd been trying to sort of work out what their next step is. Uh, and the residents crammed into the uh, into the church hall, um, and and I think people were just extremely worried. And I spoke with one resident. He was called James Knight, and he was an American chap. He lived in the village for quite a while. He gave a presentation which went through every single councillor who was on the panel and precisely how far away they lived from Barton le Clay and how many sites had been in their consideration. Oh. And, and I'll tell you what, Ian, there weren't many. He wasn't very happy, as you can hear. The feeling is so strong about the injustice, the disrespect, the unfairness, and the dishonesty that it is incensing everyone. It has nothing to do with the gypsies. It has everything to do about how this council has behaved and how it has just 
felt it could do anything. And I'm going to say one other thing, and that is, out of the, the sites selected, 23 of the counselors had no wards in their area. That's the first thing. Out of the 23, 16 of them had no wards to even be considered. I showed you on the screen where most of them had to drive even a half hour even to come to BART. Yet their decisions here again affected every resident here. So you suggest they're looking after number one when they made those decisions? They're, as I mentioned in my presentation, liars can figure but figures don't lie. Only 8.5% of any of the sites selected were in the executive committee's area. And if you consider one gypsy site that was already here illegally that they sanctioned, that's only eight-tenths of a mile away, it means 95% of them were not in the council area. Remember, Paul, liars can figure, but figures can't lie. Yeah, great line. Uh, it is a great line. Why are the residents so worried? As we heard that, it's not about the gypsies. No. Well, I mean, they've got lots of reasons. They've, they've given it. It's about uh, the impact on the village, the impact on the village schools. Um, but I think a lot of them, are, you know, there was some talk of, of concerns that, that they'd had about crime and, and, and the impact of potentially having a site close to, to them, be it the sort of perhaps the, the traditional views of, of what th- that might include. And, and that comes from, you could argue, various uh, sort of views of, of gypsies and travellers from television programmes to sort of uh, glanced sort of uh, looks at, at sites as they go past on, on, the, on the roads. We spoke to a couple of other people. We spoke to uh, Chris Evans, who is the, uh, the chair of the sort of action group who were putting this together, and, uh, and he told me about what the village was really worried about. It was good that people really sort of were positive and wanted to head in a certain direction, and people felt very strongly, and we were able to get people to talk about even things like raising money and actually taking it forward legally, which is fantastic. So it was nice to say that everybody was focused and heading in the right direction, and we're leaving it behind any discussion about whether this is, you know, nimbyism or in our backyard or anything like that. We're moving away from that, and we're focusing on the, on the fact that the decision wasn't right and that we should challenge that. I mean... You've got quite a journey there, haven't you? Because there's a lot, clearly a lot of legal advice to be taken, there's some money to be raised. There is a, a, a group effort needed, isn't there? There's a big group effort needed. And to be honest, you know, we, who knows how far we have to take it? Who knows how far we have to get people involved, how much money we would need to raise, how legal it could get? But to be honest, it seems to me that everybody in this room is clearly up for that fight and wants to actually express their views and, and work with us to take it forward. Who else did you speak to, Paul? I spoke to Ken Lee, who's a resident there as well. He said he had some ideas about where to put uh, the traveller sites other than the areas that have been selected. I can see that uh, the council will have to think very deeply and reconsider a lot more site, different sites. And my suggestion is military, ex-military bases. Chicksand's being ideal. Next to the council? Exactly. Pleased, got all the barriers there. They're cutting down on the armed forces. We've got Enloe, another place he could put them. There's stacks of military places he could put them with the infrastructure. Any word from the Dean Doris? She was there, wasn't she, Paul? 
She was, yeah. She uh, she said that there had been some very stressing crimes. Uh, she she reiterated a story that she heard about a dog being stolen once. Didn't know where that came from. She said that uh, councils always. She, hang on, sorry. A story that she'd heard about a dog being stolen once. Did she back that with fact or? It was more of an anecdote. Right. Really. Okay. Um, uh, so she said that Bedford had uh, lots of areas of brownfield site as well and could be an ideal place. She seemed to... I, I don't think she she knew that there had been recently a, a site in Bedford approved. Um, she said that travellers don't want to live in Bedford. She said, really, she was giving a... a, 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 a a path for them, I suppose, a way of how they could fight these sites. She said that she's applied for a debate in Parliament on this. Uh, she hopes that she can get something from the minister, which they can use to, uh, with the inspector, should they actually take this to a judicial review or even uh, take this to a, a public hearing. Um, she said that they have to accept that uh, that gypsy and travellers are entitled to healthcare, education and employment. And uh, she also encouraged everybody in the village to write to the minister, Brandon Lewis. And, and as you have heard in some of those clips in there is uh, a fighting fund that's being put together 200 pounds was raised through donations just last night uh, they're talking about putting uh, some legal papers together to potentially consider a judicial review um, uh, and when when they were asked who was going to put their hand into their pockets and start paying for this 70 i would say i mean a rough estimate of my hand my sort of view of the room 70 percent of it uh, said that they would be willing to put some uh, some some money into the fund they're going to send a petition to parliament uh, and and they're going to try and send all of their letters on the same day for maximum impact so a, a really sort of uh, quite uh, interesting feisty room and we'll see where this goes paul scoins political reporter thank you very much uh, indeed were you there last night what did you make of it it's not about the gypsies is the quote we heard there from one of the gentlemen it's not about the gypsies, surely it's all about the gypsies, isn't it? Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Tyler, I grabbed you earlier on in the show, and you mm-hmm. were pra- maybe you hadn't been awake for a long, I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to ask you again. Can you give us a Fonzie impression? Can I do it in a bit when I've really worked on it? <laughs> I promise I will. I just really want it to be good. Okay, well, what time would you like me to ask you again? Um, about quarter past seven. Quarter past seven, Sophie, 45 minutes. We look forward to hearing Sophie Tyler's worked-on Fonzie impression. Well, we hear a Fonzie impression from Catherine Boyle in about, what, two and a half minutes? Looking forward to it. And that's your latest news and sports. More from me at eight. So, um, Catherine? Yeah? It's that time of the day when we celebrate the fact that the Fonz, Henry Winkler, is coming on the show this morning, and I ask you to give us a Henry Winkler impression. Don't clip that. Across beds, hearts and bugs, this is BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, please. Well, wasn't that absolutely wonderful? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call this morning, lots of things we're talking about uh, this morning. Just getting rid of Westlife and replacing it with Neil Diamond. (laughs) So that's why... <laughs> a bit wordy there. Coming up in the next half an hour, we'll find out why people in part of Luton are upset about the chopping down of 100-year-old trees. One chap's been in tears. And every Friday, we catch up with my adopted nan, Nanny Island. She's wonderful. And she's going to be reviewing this week's BBC Introducing track. She'll be coming up soon. But first, oh, bit of Neil. Beautiful noise. Wonderful. Hey. Oh, I like it in the time. It reminds me of my dad, and then the sombre mood is ruined by Catherine Boyle doing a Fonzie impression. 
The reason we're doing Fonzie impressions is not, you know, because the acid has finally kicked in. It's because uh, Henry Winkler's coming on the show later on today. He's in Milton Keynes this morning, Luton later on uh, this morning as well. He's got a fantastic initiative uh, to help uh, young people with dyslexia. He helped my friend. My friend, um, uh, his, his boy's got dyslexia, and he, he met Henry Winkler, and he said, oh, by the way, my boy's got dyslexia. Henry gave him a lo- like loads of books, signed loads of books, gave him loads of books. So give this to your lad. This will help. And, you know, if you want to chat, then give, give me a call. I think he gave him his phone number. I think the Fonz gave my friend his phone number. So we'll be talking to Henry Winkler before nine o'clock this morning. Genuinely very, very excited. Go, they'll be going up on Facebook in a little bit. A picture of me, dressed as the Fonz, stood next to the Fonz. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Me dressed as the Fonz, stood next to the Fonz. Now, people living in a part of Luton say the chopping down of 100-year-old trees to make way for a new inner ring road is utter vandalism. The large trees were taken down by the council on Midland Road and Crescent Road to facilitate the £24 million scheme. Residents say the council is not adhering to its policy of replacing every tree chopped down with two trees, and they describe the replacement trees as inferior lollipop trees. Our reporter, Tony Fisher, has been speaking to David Franks, the leader of the Lib Dems on the council, and also a resident in the affected Hart Hill area of town. We're in Luton at the junction of Crescent Road and Crawley Green Road, uh, and I'm with Councillor David Franks, who's uh, leader of the Lib Dems on Luton Borough Council. Um, you also live in this area, David, Hart Hill, where residents have a number of concerns about the trees which have been chopped down, and we can see some tree stumps here on Crescent Road. Uh, which have been chopped down in preparation for the inner ring road, which is going to come up Crawley Green Road, the bottom half, which they'll duel down Crescent Road, along Crescent Road, Midland Road, past the train station, and round that way. Now, what are your concerns? The trees being chopped down? Yeah, two two key concerns, really. First of all, um, they've chosen the cheapest route out of the two that were laid out before them, rather than the one would, which would actually work. This one is going to cause traffic chaos, but um, you know that's, that's something we're going to have to face, I guess, now. Um, the second concern is, yes, they have a, uh, the council has a policy that every tree they cut down is replaced by two. Uh, they're not following that policy on the landscaping scheme they're proposing for this new road. They've chopped down a load of trees already. Uh, as far as I can see from the plans, they're actually... Um, only re- going to replace about half of the trees they're chopping down. Not acceptable. And some of the trees that they're chopping down, they're replacing with what residents are describing as lollipop trees. Um, uh, silver birches, i.e. it's not a like-for-like replacement. A big, big golden plane tree, like the tree stumps here, nice big tree. They're only replacing them with what they call lollipop trees. I think lollipop trees is probably a very good description. Um, what we're losing is... Uh, trees that have been here for goodness what 100 years uh, london planes and horse chestnuts and very big uh, trees that, that acquire not just height but bulk um, and they're being replaced with uh, inferior species no doubt about that and this heart heart hill area is a very green area if we look up to the hill there trees everywhere so a, a, a sort of gradual decimation of this very green part of Luton. Absolutely, yes. Um, I think we've got ample evidence over the years that the council doesn't actually take tree preservation orders uh, seriously at all. But they do say that in some cases they are replacing trees, one tree cut down, two being replaced. 
I suppose it's hard to get that evidence. Well, uh, I can't see the evidence on the landscaping plans that, um, that I've been shown. Um, yeah, it's all very well saying in some cases they are. Does that mean um, where they're cutting down one tree, they're going to put two up, and further along the road where they're cutting down two trees, they aren't going to put any up? Um, overall, they're not doing the two-for-one policy. And it is, after all, the council's own official policy. And some of the trees that they have chopped down and replaced with other trees, uh, for instance, by, uh, on Midland Road by the car park, the station car park, those trees seem to have withered and died. Yes, they have. Um, now, are they going to replace those? Is there going to be some guarantee that, that every time a tree dies um, and one of their new trees dies, they're going to replace it? Um, I, I think the whole thing is, is very unsatisfactory and leaves far too many unanswered questions. Well, that's uh, Tony, our reporter Tony Fisher speaking to David Franks, leader of the Lib Dems uh, on the council there. We have a statement from the council. We asked them to come on. They declined. They said while the removal of any tree is regrettable, it should be noted that extensive landscaping is proposed as part of the scheme and we expect to plant the new trees next year. There'll be more than two new street trees for each of the street trees being removed. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Let's have a look at the front pages. The front pages they're all pictures of um uh, uh, Vicky Price, Chris Hoon's ex wife. She looks like someone and I can't think who it is. Oh, no, it's that, um... Who's that actor? Oh, for goodness sakes. Who's the American actor that she looks like? He was the guy in Fargo. Uh, the nerdy little guy. No disrespect to her. The guy... Oh, so, oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Who is the, Who am I thinking of? The guy in Fargo. Someone call up quickly and tell me. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. I need you to call in. Who does Vicky Price, Chris Hoon's, Hoon's, Hoon's ex-wife look like? The guy from Fargo is who I'm thinking of. Maybe you've got a better one. Could you give me a call while I do this paper review? Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Anyway, she's on the front page of all of the newspapers this morning, basically. Clegg, uh, oh, she's, she's implicated Nick Clegg in this whole um, scandal. Clegg denies cover-up claim as Price faces jail for speeding lie. Vicky Price, a leading economist, and her ex-husband, the disgraced former cabinet minister, Chris... Is it Hoon or Hewn? Hoon. Both now face jail sentences after a jury yesterday condemned her as a liar and convicted her of perverting the course of justice. Um, at some point she uh, implicates um, Nick Clegg and various other members um, in there. In emails between her and the Sunday Times political editor, um, Price claimed to have told what had happened to Clegg's wife, Miriam Gonzalez Durantes, the business secretary Vince Cable, the senior Lib Dem peer Lord Oakshot, as well as others working close to Clegg. Well, well, if that's true, scandalous. It's on the front page of the Telegraph as well. Picture of uh, Vicky Price. Let's have, uh, and, and there's a cartoon from Matt. Let's see what hilarious angle Matt has taken on this story. It's a picture of two cavemen. One of them has, has made a wheel. I've invented the wheel, but my wife's going to take the blame. How does Matt sleep at night? How does he get away with it? He gets paid for that. He gets paid for that. The Times. Hoon, Hoon and Price face jail over speeding lies. And the NHS is urged to find its moral purpose. The people who run the NHS have lost sight of their moral purpose and need to remember that they exist to do good, the Health Service Standards Watchdog has said. So basically, st stop letting people die. Could you, could you do a bit better, please, hospitals? 
the Independent. End of the road. Vicky Price faces jail for perverting the course of justice. Guilty verdict seals ruin of power couple brought low by lies. And senior Lib Dems deny cover-up of Chris Hoon. Speeding points deception. We'll do the Mail and the Express and the Sun a little bit later on. 08459 f- uh, We're just half an hour away from Sophie Tyler's impression of Arthur Fonzarelli. And boy, am I looking forward to that. Now, one of the exciting things we do here at uh, BBC Three Counties is we have BBC Introducing, which supports the unsigned, the undiscovered, and the upcoming musicians from the three counties. If you're making music and you want to get it heard on the radio, the best way to do it, upload upload your best tracks, not your B-sides. We don't want those. Uh, And get your music heard by going to bbc.co.uk forward slash introducing. So... You could get heard on the Saturday night show, but get played by Gareth or, or by Kelly. Your track could become the introducing track of the week. More importantly, it could be reviewed by my adopted nanny, Nanny Eileen. Morning, Nanny Eileen. Good morning, Ian. You're sounding very perky on this Friday. I feel quite perky. Have you had a good week, love? Um, yes, quite interesting. My usual walk with the greyhounds. Yes. And they're their friends, of course, two-legged and four-legged. Yes. Um, but yesterday evening was very interesting. Oh, what happened? Um, I went to a Women Together meeting um, at Berry Park Community Centre. You went to Women Together? Yes. Uh, uh, um, it's celebrating women across faiths and cultures. Oh. It happens, it happens every year. And um, it, it's uh, one of the parts of living in Luton, which I love, um, which is to be able to meet with a group of women um, all different cultures, different faiths, um, dancing, singing. Oh, it was great fun. Fantastic. How many people were there, Nanny Eileen? I've got no idea, but there was a complete room full. Wonderful. It was a, a good, it was a good meeting. Bit, bit, bit of food and drink? Oh, yes. Oh. But I didn't stay for that because I wanted to go home and see the last episode of Mayday. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't, I, I've, I've missed out on Mayday, and don't ruin it for anyone that might have videoed no, it last no, night. No, but, I won't. But did it, this is this drama that the BBC have done. It's spread across the whole week. <laughs> was, was it a good finale? Were you satisfied by it? Um, I, I now want to see it again. Oh, to see if you missed any clues or anything. Yes, exactly, mm. yes. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, excellent. Hey, do, do, we've got the Fonz coming on the show later on, Nanny Eileen. Who? The fo- We've got Fonzie, Arthur Fonzarelli, the Fonz. Oh, the Fonz. The Fonz is coming on. Oh, how exciting for you. Is there any chance we could persuade you to d- give us a Fonzie impression? I'll do mine. This is my no. Fonzie. This is, this is, <laughs> listen to this one, Nanny Eileen. Hey, chicks. Can you do that? No. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's quite all I'll right. I make a fool of myself in other ways, but not that way. Right, listen, I get paid for it, so I'm more than happy <laughs> that, to that's do that. a good excuse. Now, listen, the reason we've got you here, of yes. course, is it's our BBC introducing yes. uh, track of the week. This week, it's called uh, Icicles, and it's by Minnie Birch yes. from Watford. Are you ready to have a little listen, Nanny Eileen? Yes, I am. Good, good work. We'll, we'll, we'll speak to you after this. Minnie Birch and Icicles. Nanny Eileen, what did you reckon? Again, it's... Sad. Have we tipped you over the edge again? Um, no, 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 no. Good. You won't do that. No. Um, these songs are so soulful, mm-hmm. um, expressing so much sa- sadness, and it, it, it uh, you know, they, I, I find it terribly sad to think that younger people um, are so so sad and so pessimistic and but the song itself the two voices blending together 
were beautiful. It was a gorgeous sound, it wasn't was it? Beautiful, simple, beautiful sound. I loved the sound. Simple, yes. stark, pure. But you're right. What What's wrong with our young people, Nanny Eileen? They're all so so depressed. Um, well, they're not all so depressed. I was drumming the other evening. We had three teenagers drumming with us, and boy, they were fun. Mm. And it was that balance. Right, next week, I'm going to get you an upbeat pop song. How about that? Yeah, please do. We I will do. I would like that. We're going to get you an upbeat pop song, <laughs> Nanny Eileen. I have to <laughs> move on. Nanny Eileen, lovely to see, yeah, speak to you. Have a lovely bye. weekend, my dear, bye and bye. I'll see you later on. Nanny Eileen there. I thought that was cracking, that song. But yes, next week. So got beat. I'm sorry, I can click my fingers too and wag on my head about too. That's what we want. Now, Justin Daly is out and about. He's in Milton Keynes this morning. Justin, what are you doing out oh, in Milton Keynes, please? Ian, this is very, very exciting. Today, yep. I'm off to meet Henry Winkler, a.k.a. The Fonz. Hey. He's, hey, he's in Milton Keynes today and he's in Lucent as well. Brilliant. He's going to be talking to lots of children there. The man is an absolute legend yep. and he's going to be live on your show just after 8.30. Superb. I'm sorry. I, I, I have met The Fonz before. If you want to see a picture of me, dear listener, with me dressed as Arthur Fonzarelli, stood next to Henry Winkler. <laughs> uh, Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CRs a few oh. years ago, but it was uh, it, it was good fun. It must have been amazing for you. Today, Ian, I have been set a challenge. Yep. Uh, one of those is to get people to sing the Happy Days theme oh, song. Yes. That's on the way later. But also to get Fonzie impressions. Yep. Uh, this morning, you've been getting lots that have been coming in. Catherine Balls was dreadful, by the way, at 6.30. Hey! hey. Uh, I've been at Toddington already. Getting impressions. Listen to this. Okay, Steve, up first. Take it away. Hey. That was impressive, madam. What's your name? Dawn. And a quick Fonz impression. Hey. Lovely stuff. You, madam? Jane. Hey. Okay. <laughs> Paula. Hey. And lastly, who's this glamorous lady? I'm Chris. Go on then, Chris. Give us your hey. For Henry Winkler. Hey. Huh? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they're good sports, but I think we can improve the after Fonz, seven. The Fonz doesn't say hey. Yeah. He goes <laughs> hey. Hey. So, uh, after seven, I think we can improve, but uh, it's going to be an interesting morning. Off to a hotel, a secret location Ooh. in Milton Keynes <laughs> to meet the Fonz for the BBC. I am genuinely, g- genuinely, my tongue is not in my cheek, so excited by this. I grew up with uh, with the Fonz, not literally, that would be mm. weird, <laughs> but, uh, you know, watching Happy Days, and I'm, I'm, I'm so excited he's coming on the show. Yeah. Justin, we've not had your Arthur Fonzarelli impression. Okay, you ready for this? Oh, yeah. Hey, you sound like Del Boy. <laughs> it's it was rubbish. The, it's kind of the Fonz slash Del Boy. I, I need to, to get that right a bit later on when I meet him. And in actual fact, in the car here, I have got my leather jacket with me. Somebody <sighs> took the Mickey out of me about six months ago. Yeah. I had a shirt on. It was slightly open at the top with the buttons. I had a tan at the time. Yeah, and uh, somebody said to me, "Oh look, here we are, lads. Look, look, look. It's the Fonz. Look, this bloke thinks he's the Fonz. Look, look at him. Look at the state of that, boys." <laughs> so uh, I've got my leather jacket at the ready. <laughs> Please tell me you're going to tell Henry Winkler that story Oh, later. I will do. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Justin, we'll speak to you later on. He's out and about in Milton Keynes. Uh, if you see him, I forgot the Happy Days theme. We're talking about joyful songs, right? The Happy Days theme is one of the most joyful songs in the world. The BBC introducing bands, one of you should cover that. You definitely reach the lower parts of the top 60 on iTunes with a cover of that. I'm sure of it. I'm sure. 15 minutes away from Sophie Tyler's impression of Henry Winkler. So if you live in Hitchin, you see probably there's some graffiti on, on the walls and on the bus shelter and stuff like that. Well, it's not going to get removed because it's not offensive enough. Well, how offensive does it need to be? We'll discuss this some more after the news with Catherine. BBC Three Counties Radio, first for news. Do you want to hear my impression of the Fonz? 
I kind of heard it before, but go on, hit me with it again. Okay, I've, I've been working on it. It's much better. You but, ready? Yeah. <coughs> Hang on, here we go. <clears throat> hey. Oh, I hate you. The thing is, she does actually hate me. I know, I know. That's what makes it so delicious. <laughs> I cannot tell you how excited I am. We've got Henry Winkler coming on the show. If he's listening to this, he may decide not to come on to the show. The Fonz was, what, 35 years ago? <laughs> I know, I know. When I interview people, I, I normally try and avoid the obvious point of reference, but um, oh, I can't resist it this morning. I can't, I'm so excited he's coming on. He's in Milton Keynes and Luton today. That's why we're talking about it. Justin Dealey is off to meet him. If you see Dealey around and about, grab him. He wants your best Fonz impression, and he wants someone to sing the, the, the most uplifting tune of all time, the Happy Days theme. We've got other things on the show that are perhaps a little bit more serious. Uh, as always, we'd like to get your opinion on them. If graffiti isn't racist or offensive enough in Hitchin, well, it won't be cleaned up straight away. It could be there for months. How big a priority do you think it should be for the council? Should they get rid of it, or have they got more important things to spend their money on? What graffiti have you seen? And if you've ever graffitied anything, can you give me a call? 08459 455 555. People living in a part of Luton say the chopping down of 100-year-old trees to make way for a new inner ring road is utter vandalism. We'll hear why they are so unhappy about the plans. And the Fonz is on the show. Lots of ways to get in touch. If you want to see a picture of me with the Fonz or have a, a comment, don't be rude. There was a very rude comment earlier on in the show about me. I deleted that and banned the silly Muppet that put it there. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text if you want, 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can give us a call, 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. And thank you to everyone who texted in. Yes, uh, Vicky Price, Chris Hune's wife, looks like William H. Macy. That's who I was thinking of, so thank you for putting me out of my misery around that. Now, people living in part of Hitchin are being forced to live with unwanted graffiti months after reporting the problem, because it's not racist or offensive enough. It will be cleaned up, but only as part of routine maintenance work in the area. What Hertfordshire County Council say, it's to ensure the most efficient use of taxpayers' money in clearing up after vandals. Graffiti that is offensive will be removed within 24 hours. Well, what do you think? Should it be a priority? For the council. 08459 455 555. Our reporter, Sophie Solaria, went to find out what residents think. It's disgusting, some of it. The nature of it. And some of it is very uh, abusive, in a way, you know. Just feel as though nobody wants to know about it. Nobody wants to clean it up or anything, do they? Our estate is full of dog's poo, teenagers on the street when they should be at school, and people selling drugs everywhere you look. And people driving like it's a racetrack on 30 mile an hour roads. So graffiti really is not a big issue when there's a lot more problems going on. Exactly. But they should be yeah, exactly. should be sorting out and looking into. I mean, we're looking here, right in front of us now, yeah. a number of different signatures and signs yeah. on a big wall. on the bus stop and things yeah. like that. Does it bother you at all? Yeah, I don't like it at all. It's unnecessary, isn't it? Nobody takes any notice, do they? When you get to my age, you're nothing. You don't feel considered? No. 
No, no, because uh, they look at you as if you're balmy. Mm. <laughs> I think I am, but still. <laughs> Have you ever approached a youth and said, could you stop that, please? No, not since I got mugged. No, you got mugged? Yeah. Three boys just knocked me down and kicked me, and I lost my teeth, went deaf, and... And that was that was the end of you trying to confront yeah. anybody. Oh, yeah, I don't. Now you no. put up with the graffiti. Oh yeah, have to. Wasn't that the saddest story? Three thugs pushed an old lady on the floor, kicked her, so she went deaf and lost her teeth. Little scumbags. Well, resident Chris Parker has complained to Hearts County Council about the problem of graffiti in Hitchin several times. He's unhappy with their response. He joins me now. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. How bad is the graffiti in in Hitchin? Well, the graffiti was worse, actually, but the district council cleaned it up. Uh, The county council haven't done anything with it, even though uh, it's been raised at uh, three district council meetings. And the county councillors say there's really very much little they can do about it because the contractor, Ringway, uh, needs to do it under routine maintenance. So, but bearing in mind we have young ears listening, Chris, what, what kind of things were you seeing graffitied? Well, uh, it's, it's principally uh, the uh, road signs on entry into Hitchin, uh, at crossroads, uh, Signs by railway bridges, they keep left signs. And what kind of things are they doing? What are they doing? It's, uh, there, there was a, a uh, one particular sign, it's, it's uh, uh, done very neatly, it's called Freak, and uh, the local paper put an advert in to f- try and find out who this person was, and they put a reward out, but no one's come forward, so, uh, but, and it uh, seems to have escalated. Well, it's the, not the, something we want in Hitchin. We want Hitchin to be a, a pleasant, uh, graffiti-free environment for you, us. You've been talking to uh, Councillor Richard Thake about this, and he emailed you, didn't he? What, what did he have to say? What Richard said, he's taken that up with County, and there's very little they can do, because, unfortunately, it's teething problems with the new contractor, Ringway. Uh well, we spoke to a graffiti expert earlier on, and he said that these days, with the, the paints and the pens they use and the, the surfaces they're writing on, it doesn't, take, like, it doesn't take much effort to get rid of that stuff. It's not like the old days when they were doing it on wooden fences and you had to repaint the fence. It, it, it takes a little while to clean, to clean all that up. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't understand why, why the contractors themselves can't, uh, when they've inspected, couldn't uh, actually just have a graffiti spray, wipe it all over... And it'll be done with. They're saying, one of the, the things they're saying, Chris, is that the, the, the graffiti isn't offensive enough. Are you ever tempted yourself to, to pick up uh, an aerosol and go and make the, the graffiti a little bit more offensive so they have to clean it up? No, I'm not. No, 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 definitely not. I mean, I, we had thought, I mean, I'm, I'm chairman of Keep Ishin Special, we had thought of actually cleaning the uh, signs ourselves, but uh, then there could be implications there should, should we have an accident or... Mm. Uh, whatever, you know? But there, there are cuts being made everywhere, aren't they, uh, there, Chris? And, 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 you know, everyone is seeing less money. Is graffiti, should it really be a priority? I mean, you can live with it, can't you? Well, you can live with it, but the environment in which you're living is uh, deteriorating. And, uh, I mean, there, there is a contract out with county. I think uh, they, it's really up to uh, the, the contractor who took over in last October, I mean, bear in mind we reported this last November. Mm. Uh, He took over in last October, 
and uh, they had uh, they've had warnings from uh, county about fixing faults. I mean, it doesn't just include graffiti; it's potholes, it's fixing lights, uh, along with other issues. Well, Chris, listen, we're, we're, we're running out of time, but thank you very much. That's Chris Parker there, who is a resident um, in Hitchin. We, we did ask the contractor Ringway to come on the programme, and Hertfordshire County Council, they said, both of them said no. Jog on, BBC Three Counties. We're not going to come on and discuss this issue that people are upset with. Uh, Hearts County Council did send us a statement. Graffiti can be reported online through our fault reporting system, where you can pinpoint the exact location. If the graffiti is racist or otherwise offensive, we instruct our contractor, Ringway, to remove it within 24 hours. Otherwise, the clean-up will be scheduled in as part of routine maintenance work in the area. I, I hate it. And it's a pain. And when it's just these tags and, and silly nonsense like that, it is annoying and it's horrible. But really, in the great scheme of things, is it that bad? Can we live with it? Do you hate it? Should they be spending money on it or not? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Jane's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Jane. What do you think? Hello, good morning. Well, I did report some graffiti and the, uh, into Milton Keynes Council because, as you say, they've got a graffiti hotline. Yep. And they asked me if it was rude words. So, and, I, and it wasn't. It was like the hieroglyphics, you know, the tags. Oh, yes, yes. So, but it did look a mess, and it was on the, the new playing fields, on the new equipment, and the tarmac that had just been put in. Yeah. But they didn't come out, and it's worn off, I must admit. So, oh, so it's worn off itself? Yeah, it's worn off. Because the, 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 the thing about graffiti is, and these tags, is... They look it, a mess. They do look awful. But if you clean it off... So I come and clean it at two o'clock in the afternoon. It'll be back there by three o'clock, won't it? Mm, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you that, Ian, whether it'd be back. I, I don't know. But it, I did report it, and they said... Uh, so I got the impression if it was rude words, they would have been out. And did they, did they have a list of rude words? Did they go through no, words? They didn't go. They didn't go. Oh, okay. All right. That's, that <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't have to repeat anything. Yes, uh, that, I know exactly. It says this. Oh, no, you wouldn't want that. Jane, no, thank no. you very much indeed. That is part of the problem, isn't it, though? If it, particularly with the tags. It, it is, if you clean it off... I sound like such an old man, don't I? Such an old man. If you clean it off, they write it... Again, oh, look, they, they, they've cleaned it off. Let's, let's, let's go right. I'm going to put mine on there now. And in the great scheme of things, if it's not a massive picture of a winky or it's, you know, it's not racially offensive, it, the money, could it be spent better elsewhere? What do you think? 08459 455 555. Have you ever been out and cleaned it up yourself? If it was on my front, my front fence, my garden fence or my gate, I would go and clean it myself. Definitely paint over it or scrub it off I'd, I'd, I'd do it myself if it was on my street sign i'd probably have a go actually yeah i think i would have a go have you tried to clean this off yourself oh eight four five nine four double five five double five and if you've done it if you've ever graffitied anything I'll, I'll make the confession i did graffiti once once there was a poster this was years ago doesn't make it any better it was about 15 years ago, there was a poster of someone who I used to go to college with who sort of became a little bit of a pop star, Matt Marsden. Do you remember Matt Marsden? You probably don't. Do you remember Matt Marsden? Went to college with him. Uh, he was in the year above me, I think. Uh, and he, he, I think he, got, he was on Emmerdale or something, and, he, he, and then he had a little tiny pop career. And there was a poster of him. I was very, very drunk, and I wrote a rude word on his forehead, on the poster, not actually on Matt Marsden's forehead. That would, would, would be um, awful. And I wrote a rude word. And as soon as I did it, I just thought, oh, oh dear. 
don't feel good about that. <laughs> I felt terrible. Never did it again. If you've ever done graffiti, 08459 455 555. It's 715. That means it's not only time for the travel, but we're going to get a Fonzie impression from Sophie Tyler in a few minutes. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where do you think you're going, Sophie? Haven't you I'm forgotten? I'm not going anywhere. Haven't you forgotten something? Henry Winkler, the Fonz, is going to be on this show at some point this morning. We're asking everybody. Oh, is that why you're doing this? You, yeah, we're just doing it randomly because <laughs> I, I, woke, I woke up thinking of happy days. Well, he's coming on the show, so we're asking everyone. That's exciting. It, it, nah, it is exciting, isn't it? Now, you've been putting us off, putting us off. Yeah. Uh, are you ready to give us your Fonz impression now? Not massively, but. I'm just, I'm not feeling very well today, so that's why Heavy night, it doesn't was it? sound good. That is what... No, actually, it wasn't. <laughs> this is actually bullying in the workplace, <laughs> I love it. You don't have to if you don't want to, but we will all think less of you. <laughs> and you did promise the listener. <laughs> okay, I mean, this isn't going to be good. Bear in mind, obviously, like you said, I'm so young, I, I don't really uh, have a huge knowledge, but this is about all I can do. A... Sophie Tyler, thank you very much. Liberal Democrats will gather in Brighton later today for their spring conference with the party in turmoil. Former Cabinet Minister Chris Hewn is facing jail along with his ex-wife Vicky Price for perverting the course of justice after she took his speeding points for him. Well, it's claimed that senior figures in the party knew about it, although all of them are denying any knowledge. Isabel Hardman from High Wycombe is a spectator writer and a political blogger who attends party conferences. They are in a bit of a mess, aren't they, Isabel? They are in a mess, but actually they could be in a much worse position if they'd come second in the Eastleigh by-election. So there, there is this one mercy where they can actually celebrate a by-election victory, which is very rare for a party in government, particularly for the Lib Dems. But that's, that's it, isn't it? That's the only thing they've got going for them at the moment. <laughs> Yes, and they've got a lot of other challenges to address. I mean, actually, I think the Chris Hume story will probably be the least of their worries this weekend. They've got a row over secret courts. They've got the row about the Lord Renard allegations. They've got a row about the government's direction on the economy. So those are all very big issues and actually much more central to the party itself as well. There, yeah, the, the, the secret courts thing, there will be lots of people saying, hey, whoa, hang on a second, this is uh, the tuition fees all over again. What are you guys doing? Yes, and actually, this is a, a really serious issue for Lib Dem activists. They feel it betrays their liberal values to have these secret hearings. And at their autumn conference, they voted overwhelmingly in favour of a motion which called on MPs and peers to reject the second part of the bill, which is the bit with the secret courts in it. Uh, they haven't done that. The bill had its third reading in the House of Commons this week and was voted through. And there's just one very small technical stage left before it becomes legislation. So there are two emergency motions on that going to conference, and it's something you're going to see a lot of grief on over the weekend. There will be, going back to Vicky Price, though, there will be murmurs uh, about this, and she's now coming up, uh, out and saying, well, I, I, Nick Clegg's wife knew about it, and Vince Cable knew about it. They're, of course, strongly denying it. What, what, what do you think, Isabel? How, how does it work like that? I think that... This feeds into a narrative about the party leadership not acting on concerns that are passed to it. Actually, probably without the Lord Renard allegations, this wouldn't be as serious a problem, I don't think. But the problem with the Lord Renard allegations is that there are claims that female activists in the party passed on concerns to Nick Clegg's office, which were then rebutted and weren't followed up. So if you have similar allegations about Vicky Price mentioning the points to members of the, the party, then it sort of creates a narrative. But, but without the Renard crisis, I think that, that is less of a problem. 
Nick Clegg's also been under scrutiny in the past few weeks as well about the school that he's intending to send his, his children to. What, what, what was the latest result in that? Where, where do we get with that? Well, he's, his, his son is going to London Oratory School. Now, it's always, there's something slightly unpleasant about attacking a politician for, for their choice of school. But just, just one thought on that is that actually Nick Clegg has always gone out of his way not to criticise the education system. And he gets very, very upset when Michael Gove suggests that some schools aren't fit for purpose. So actually, in a way, if Michael Gove were to say, well, I, I don't actually think any of the local state schools are any good, I want to send my child private, then that would seem a little more consistent, whereas Nick Clegg, who is sending his child to a, a state school now, but a selective one, actually it, it just seemed a little less consistent for him to be sort of umming and ahhing about going private whilst saying all state schools are wonderful. It seems a little bit less honest, I think. And Isabel, do you, you go to these conferences for pleasure? I do, they're the highlight of my year. I've, I've been to them, there's, there's not that much fun. <laughs> to have. Well, well, what, what, what's going to be happening at the Lib Dem conference that you're looking forward to? Right, it depends on your definition of fun. Yeah, I suppose it's it does. Slightly yes. niche, but I think it's always interesting to see the mood of the party and to see what they're interested in. And that often feeds into stories that run for the rest of the year. Now, there's one very strange thing that happens at every single Liberal Democrat conference, which is called Glee Club, where they sing songs about land value taxes and uh, <laughs> other parties and important things to the party. Wow. So that's the real highlight of the, uh, of the conference calendar. And you say it is a good indicator of, of the mood within the party. That They've got to be feeling a little bit Apart from the Eastleigh by-election, they've got to be feeling a little bit down, haven't they? I think that, I think they are going to be feeling a bit down, but you should never underestimate the Lib Dems' resilience and their ability to remain cheery even when things are looking bad. And, and like I said, the Eastleigh by-election has made them think, actually, they may not be annihilated in 2015, as conventional wisdom has said they will be. So, that, you know, that, that's cause for cheer, I think. Isabel, thank you very much. Nice to talk to you. Isabel Hardman from High Wycombe, spectator, writer, political blogger, who goes to the conferences for fun. Wowzers. Have you ever been to a party political conference? They are... They're very strange. There, there are some fun things that happen. I'm, I'm being slightly um, downbeat there. There are some fun things that happen, but it, it, it does... And no criticism of Isabel at all, but it does attract a strange group of people. They are very interesting places. Well, I've been visiting Hilborough uh, Primary School in Luton uh, to ask them various things, and I asked them how much they knew about politics. Now, these kids, they're all six and seven years old, so... These are what the young people think about politicians today. What do politicians do? What is a politician? What do you think a politician is? I think it's somebody that brushes your teeth. I think it's somebody who designs clothes. Someone that checks your eyes when they're like, when you need glasses. Somebody that designs shoes. Okay, anyone else? I think it's somebody that designs, like, headphones or things like that on computers. Who is the Prime Minister? Um... David Cameron. Do you, Lauren, do you know what the Prime Minister does? The Prime Minister um, decides what um, different, like, things that should be done in the world. Hadifa? Oh, I think he tells the Queen or something to change the law. Kazim, what do you think the Prime Minister does? Mm, I think he just likes talk in the, in, in the church. He likes the sound of his own voice. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what would you do if you were in charge of the country? I would, um, take everyone's money. (laughs) (laughs) And and what would you do with the money? Buy a hotel. (laughs) Okay, William, if you're in charge of the country, William, what would you do? School dinners are only allowed to be sweets. Well, I'll make a giant slide out, out, out of the park. Uh... 
al al I'll change the law to the things what should be like no guns. Do you know what that would be the best thing? I think he's done the best. And one. I agree. and I agree. and there's only allowed to be gun clubs in the forest, and on the the aiming thing should be on the trees, not on the floor, on on an animal. I agree. Okay, now listen. I don't know if you I don't know if you know, but um, in Great Britain. We haven't got much money at the moment. We're in a little bit of trouble with, uh, with the finances and things. What suggestions have you got for the Prime Minister to save some money? Buy a peacock. How is that going to help the Prime Minister save some money? It's his pet. He can get money from it. <laughs> um, uh, no, the Prime Minister should, shouldn't waste money on the clothes. Is he going to walk around in his pants then? <laughs> no, he still has other clothes. He should sell uh, some. He should sell his house and do it for like a thousand or fifty million. And he should get. Then he uh, has to spend his house. No, his money on the new house. The, the, then he'll get a new house, a, la- a little house, not a big house. But you have to pay for houses, and they cost like billion pounds or something. Well, so are you saying that he should sell 10 Downing Street, and then, which is in London, which is where he lives, and then maybe move to Luton? Yes. Yeah, you go, you see. Because those houses, they cost a billion pounds, you know. That was the, uh, some of the children at Hilborough um, Primary School in Luton, and there's a, f- there's a bit more of that to come uh, over the next few weeks. They were wonderful. They were such wonderful children. Six and seven years old. They're imagine- if Listen, if the future's in their hands... Well, we, we might need, they might need a little bit more help, but we'll be all right. We'll be all right with them. They were great. They were really good sports. Let's have a quick look at the rest of the front pages, shall we? The Daily Mail. The price of vengeance. Scorned wife found guilty of taking Chris Hune's penalty points. She claims senior Lib Dems covered up the scandal. Couple will be reunited in dock as they face jail. They're both going to go to jail. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens. Interestingly, the Daily Express is the only story... That's got this as their main story. The only paper that's got this as their main story on the front page. Model student Christina Edkins, 16, left home as usual, but minutes later was attacked by a maniac, stabbed to death on bus to school. It's a terrible story of, uh, of this young girl, Christina, who was killed in an apparently random attack just a few weeks after sending a chilling message to friends about being scared by a man behaving oddly on the bus. Very, very sad story. The, uh, the Sun uh, have a little bit of that. They also mentioned Justin Bieber's been dashed to hospital. Been dashed to hospital. Uh, and uh, Gaza is out of rehab. Booze battle star jets home from the US. England legend Paul Gascoigne is back on track and heading home after a month spent tackling his booze demons in rehab. I wish him the very best of luck. What's the betting that at some point over the weekend, or I would say, OK, I'm going to say next Tuesday's front page of The Sun will be a picture of Paul Gascoigne with a pint in his hand. Not because, you know, not to wish him any bad luck, but because The Sun will be hounding him. They will be following him non-stop to see him with a picture of uh, a, a, a pint glass in his hand. You know it's going to happen. The sun seems obsessed by that story. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, oh, look at the time. It's 7.29. It's time to get the latest travel news. Here's the Fonz. Hey. And Sophie Tyler. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Can, well, can I just try something? Can you say Churchill Way again, please? Oh, 
church away. There we go. It did work. Thank you very much. Excellent stuff. You're a good sport and we love you for it. Uh, let's get the latest news now. Here's Catherine Boyle. And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at eight o'clock. Catherine? Yes. <laughs> Have you finished? Yeah. I've got a guest in the studio. I was just, just sorting out the guest and... and, and, and uh... What, you mean you weren't riveted to no. my... No. Oh. Did I miss anything? A little bit. I'll fill you in. OK. Well, probably not. Thanks very much. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up in the next half an hour, if there's an important issue where you live and you think we should t- be talking about it on this show, we want to hear from you. You can send us an email, 3cr at bbc.co.uk. And that's exactly what uh, Matthew Quillinan did. Uh, he did, j- did just that. He was very upset about trees being cut down in Luton. He's going to be joining me in the studio in the next couple of minutes. Uh, and if there's one thing I love, oh, ho, ho, a little bit of magic. I, I'm obsessed with magic. I, t- I can't do it, but I love watching it. Well, we're going to have a 14-year-old magician from Hertfordshire coming in in just a few minutes. Now, people living in Luton are describing the chopping down of 100-year-old trees to make way for a new inner ring road as utter uh, vandalism. They say the council aren't sticking to their policy of replacing each tree taken down with two trees, and they describe the few replacement trees as inferior lollipop trees. The large London plane trees have been taken down by the council on Crescent Road and Midland Road, which will form part of the inner ring road. Well, Matthew Quillinan is a resident in Hart Hill and joins me in the studio. Morning, Matthew. Good morning. Uh, and uh, David Franks, who lives in the same area and is leader of the Lib Dems, is on the line. Morning, David. Good morning, Ian. Matthew, we'll start with you. You contacted us about this because it's a topic you felt should be raised on the programme. Why are you so upset? Some people might go, come on, it's just a few trees. Well, the area is uh, an area of, of outstanding interest. Um, Hart Hill area is, is, is a beautiful area in the middle of the town. If you stand by the church and look along the hill, you'll see a beautiful area of green trees, which is, in front of it, you'll see an area of dereliction, basically, at the moment, which is the Powers Court area. I know it's going to be developed in the near future. Well, they talk about it being developed. They've been talking about it for the last 30, 40 years. Mm. But um, Crescent Road, it's, it's the beginning of a residential area at the other side of the railway tracks. These trees, as you say, were 100 years old, and they s- just suddenly disappeared, and it's, it's devastation. I think it's vandalism. Um, I walked down that road last week when I saw them being removed, and I was utterly just shocked. I was so disappointed. I know the council say that they're going to replace every tree. Well, this is their tree. policy, isn't it? It's to replace every tree with two trees. So ultimately, that's going to be better, isn't it? Yes, but I, I have to wait a hundred years. Uh, I'm already in my forties. I'm not going to see these trees growing. And if you look at what was replaced on um, Midland Road when they built the multi-storey car park, uh, they took down similar trees there a few years ago with this very large multi-storey car park, and they put down six, I think, I think um, uh, th- trees in their replacement Mm. and they are just twigs I had a look at them yesterday and I think some of them are actually even dead and they were also supposed to put down shrubs and everything around them to make them look nice that was never done it looks an utter mess it's it's just horrible sorry I'm I'm, I'm laughing because that sounds so ridiculous how long have the 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 trees that you say are dead how long have they been there for um I think is it a year 18 months or something like that or two years but they don't seem to be looked after and the area of ground they've been planted in is is way too small and the trees are not plain trees that they've replaced there's some other variety which are more like large shrubs Mm. they're never going to grow into these plain trees that we've lost 
and and that's a huge shame. The inner rim road, though, that this is all being d- d- developed towards, it, it's going to be good in the long run for the economy of Luton, isn't it? Yes, and I, I'm all in favour of, of improvements and developments, because and, Luton definitely does need improvements. That whole area does look very shabby and has been very dilapidated for quite some time. But trees, these trees have been there for a hundred years. You can't just replace them. It's not like replacing um, flowers. You dig them up and you put in new ones and wait, oh yeah, we've got something lovely in its replacement. These will take a hundred years to, to, to grow. Well, let's speak to, uh, to David Franks. David, you've been in discussion with the council over this. What, what's going on? Well, I, actually, could I just say to Matthew, I, I, wish, I wish he was right and that these trees were going to take 100 years to grow as big. My fear is that they're never going to grow as big because the residents are quite right. If they're lollipop trees, they're not putting in proper trees at all. What, um, do, you, what do you mean by lollipop trees? Well, um, t- uh, things, um, blossom trees. Right. Um, uh, I'm sure they'll look very pretty, but they're, they're, they're never going to have the impact. I mean, the, the thing about a mature substantial trees it doesn't just get height it gets bulk as well mm. um and i don't i don't believe what they're putting in is ever going to achieve that what have the council said about this david well they've said that they're sticking to the policy of two for one which as far as i can see i, I i'm not sure that they really are i need to do a much closer um, analysis of the species that they're planting and i haven't had a chance to do that yet um, but i will be doing it it doesn't look to me as though they're doing two for one, and it doesn't look to me as though they're replacing the bulky trees they're taking out with trees that will eventually achieve the same bulk. We've got, we did ask the council to come on. They um, said no. Uh, but they sent us a statement. This is in regards to the trees. They say, while the removal of any tree is regrettable, it should be noted that extensive landscaping is proposed as part of the scheme, and we expect to plant the new trees next year. There'll be more than two new street trees for each of the street trees being removed. Matthew, some people w- would say, well, that sounds, that sounds fair enough. They're gonna, they expect to plant the trees next year. Might be more than two for one. You could well, be doing better out of this. Well, it, it sounds good. But I have looked at the plans here, and I don't see the need for removing all of these trees, particularly on Crescent Road. They've taken out eight to ten trees over uh, a distance of 200 metres from the junction with Hitchin Road. I do not understand that. It doesn't make sense whatsoever. As a resident, explain to me exactly why those trees are so important to you, what, what they brought to your, to your life. Well, because as you walk down Crescent Road, from I live up on the top of Crescent Road, Hart Hill Lane, you see the trees right at the very bottom. They run along Crescent Road. It, it's a very pleasant road uh, in the middle of town, and we have very few uh, roads that are tree-lined in the middle of Luton, and we really need to hold on to those as much as we can, because, as I say, if we lose them, they are gone. It's going to be another 100 years, as we say, before they're ever replaced, if they are, as Councillor Franks actually says, if they're replaced with the same type of tree, which I doubt very much will happen, considering what had happened on Midland Road. David, this is all happening because of the, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the inner ring road. You've got concerns that the council may have chosen the wrong route for that as well, haven't you? Uh, oh dear, yes, that's a different story. The, um, when the council's executive committee made the decision to go ahead, they were offered two routes. The um, engineer's report that went to them said that one of the routes was better environmentally would cause less noise and vibration, would cause less disturbance during construction, would carry more traffic, 
was in fact better in almost every way they chose the other one because it was cheaper how much cheaper do you know well the the, the other one's around about 24 million the one that the engineer said was best would have been about 27 Again, so let me play devil's advocate. There are some people say well, you, there's no money. The saving of three or four million quid—that—that's—that's that's a good thing, isn't it? Well, it, it is. <laughs> if you end up with a um, with something that will work, um, I can't see the T junction between Crescent Road and Crawley Green Road um, as part of the Ring Road. I can't see that working at all. The queues up Crawley Green Road already go up beyond Hart Lane Junction uh, during the morning rush hour. They're, they're going to go a lot further than that when this is uh, when this is sorted, and and it, it's, uh, the problem, of course, is um, Luton ends up again with a third-rate solution when a first-rate solution was available. I think Luton deserves better. The council, again, part of the statement says that the, the selected route was was nearly six million pounds uh, uh, cheaper. You don't think that that saving is cost-effective? Well, I dispute the six million pound figure. If you go back to the report that contained all the figures. Uh, back in, uh, was it 2008, I think, um, you'll find the figures were 24 million and 27 million. There's only a 3 million difference. So you say they're exaggerating that, and they also they say uh, in their statement there was only a marginal difference in terms of traffic capacity. There was, the whole point about this, Ian, is that the, the, the whole range of issues on which the other route was better, it's not just traffic capacity, it's environment, it's noise, it's vibration, it's disturbance during construction... And yes, it's traffic capacity. Almost everything that you can look at, <clears throat> the one they didn't choose is better. And other, did they talk to you about this? They, I mean, they won't come on and speak to us. They've just sent us this statement, which I always find a little bit cold and, and, uh, and rude. Uh, what do they say to you, David? Um, well, they say, it's just my opinion, that the other route was better. In fact, if you look at the report, it's quite clear the engineers thought so too. Michael, uh, Matthew, sorry, going back to the, the, the trees, what would you like to say to the council in, in respect to the trees? Well, I certainly want back, um, I want them to replace the trees with something a lot bigger than what they put in at the moment as they say uh, are replacements. Not these sort of squibbly, scraggly, um, scrubby little things that uh, you anybody who's walking up Midland Road today to catch their train will see on the left-hand side right in front of the multi-storey car park. They're, they're just a waste of space. We need proper trees um, that are a decent height that are going to be planted and two for, for every one. Um, and uh, I would be reasonably happy with that because, unfortunately, the trees now are gone. We, it spills milk and uh, we have to look forward and I hope that the council will actually um, come, come forward and actually do something, do something right here. And David, down. You, what would you say to the council about the, tr the, the trees? Well, I agree with everything that Matthew said. I would just add one thing, and that is when you planted them, look after them to make sure they don't die. And if they do uh, happen to die, then they should be replaced. David Franks, uh, leader of the Lib Dems, uh, uh, thank you very much. And uh, Matthew Clinton, thank you very much for coming in. I think you got you, your point across excellently. Well, what thank do you, you think, dear listener? 08459 four double five five double five. It is things like trees, and then you get these in these cities and these the towns like Luton, you get these amazing big trees that have been there for a for hundred years or so, and they kind of make the area look a bit more human, don't they? They look, make it look so special. Or do you think, well, do you know what, it's just a few trees, for goodness sakes. It's, it, it's, it's going to make Luton a lot better in the long run. Here's the weather with Elizabeth Rossini.
Hello, a very good morning to you. A bitter easterly breeze as well, making it feel as if it's below freezing for much of the day. And we're at risk of seeing a few light snow flurries as well on Sunday and Monday. It's going to turn cold again. That's the forecast. You ran out of music, which means you need to be punished. Oh, please. Haven't I given enough? I've given the punishment today. I'm not receiving it, am I? Can you do a Fonzie impression? You're probably too young to even know who the Fonz is, aren't you? Oh, there was a cartoon, I think. <gasps> oh, no, you're referring to Fonz and the Happy Days Gang, where he travelled through time. <laughs> it was a cartoon. Yes. You, but you don't that know who... F- y- yeah, can you, do a f- can you do an impression of that cartoon? No, it's not. <laughs> I can't remember. You, you, I'll let you off, just this once. I forgot about the awful cartoon. E- Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Very excited because Henry Winkler is going to be on the show before nine o'clock this morning. Even more exciting, though... Justin Dealey's on the show right now. Hey Ian, good morning. How are you, sir? I, I'm, I'm very, very excited, Justin. The show's had a, a real kind of edge this morning. We've had members of our staff mm. doing um, uh, the Fonzie impressions. This is Sophie Tyler. Hey. This is Catherine Boyle. Hey. And this is them both together. Hey. Wonderful. Absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Yes, the Fonz is going to be live on the programme after 8.30. He's in the hotel behind me. we had a few impressions in the first hour. Plenty more to come in the last hour. Uh, Stephen is here. Stephen, you're live across Bed Tarts and Bugs. You've seen the man himself. Was he on good form? Absolutely. Yeah. And he didn't look any older than he was when I saw him on Happy Days. Really? Really. That's absolutely amazing. Now, I'm putting you on the spot here. Can we have a, a quick Fonz impression? Hey! Hey! <laughs> Thank you. No that was impressive. That was um, 7 out of 10. Thank you very much. That was Thank good. You. That was good. Thank you, Stephen. There you go. Uh, Stephen coming up to us live at the radio car. So we are taking impressions. And also, Ian, you set me a challenge earlier on. Yeah. You said to me, yes, impressions, but can you get somebody to sing the Happy Days theme song, which is very, very uplifting, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, so we- it's one of the most joyous songs of all time. It's absolutely fabulous. Well, if you have got cats or dogs, can you cover their ears for a oh. second? Because earlier I spoke to Dawn, Jane, Paula and Chris. This is shocking, but this is what happened. Sunday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. Saturday, what a day. Rocking all week with you. you and the chorus, come on. This day is ours, won't you be mine? This day is ours, oh please be mine. Hello sunshine, goodbye rain, she's very my old school ring on her chain. She's my sweaty, I'm her man, I'm gonna love her all I can. This day is ours, won't you be mine? This day is ours. Ladies, <laughs> <laughs> well, you started off so well. I know. I'm going to give. I'm going to give you seven out of ten wow. for trying. Oh, come so, on, more than that. <laughs> okay, eight out of ten and a push. Thank you. We're go- we're going to craft. Yeah, we need yeah. encouragement from the yeah. BBC. Absolutely fantastic, ladies. Have a great day. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. Thank yeah. you. G- give them a push, Justin, off a bridge. Yes, yeah. Blimey, that was awful. <laughs> it was pretty. Shocking. We've got young children listening to this show. I, I can only apologise, but that's what you get when you go out into the streets early in the morning uh, with a lyric sheet. But uh, Henry Winkler, a.k.a. The Fonz. He's in Milton Keynes today. He's in Lucent today. He's talking to school children and the excitement builds. He's going to be live on BBC Three Counties Radio just after 8.30. Do we know exactly what he's talking about, Justin? Is it? Because I know he does a lot of work with dyslexia. I mean, I, 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 
presume he's going to be there, obviously talking about his career as well, giving inspiration. We'll find out the full details later on. But let's have some fun with the man. We've got yes. some great impressions to come after 8 o'clock. One man in particular said, he is my hero. Yeah. And then he gave me, quite possibly, the worst impression <laughs> I have ever heard in my life. You've got to hear that. It's on the way after 8. I do hope that the font, that, that Henry Winkler isn't listening to this. Because you know, he's, <laughs> if he's listening to this, he's like, oh man, I'm not going to go out and talk to those Muppets. There's somebody peering out of the window <gasps> here in the hotel who's wearing a leather jacket. That oh! could be him. It could be him. If, if, listen, if you want to see a picture of me with uh, uh, Henry Winkler, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. It's me dressed as the Fonz with Henry Winkler, who <laughs> refused to dress as the Fonz. And in the picture, he's taller than me. And my friend just reminded me, oh, he's standing on a box, isn't he? Yeah. Yes, he was. He was standing on quite a big box that day. <laughs> he's a wee man. But he's, a, he's honestly, just a, he, I've interviewed him before. He is the nicest man you will ever meet. It's what everyone's saying. Uh, the hotel manager heard us at five to seven earlier on, and he said he's already met him. He said, seriously, some people in life, you just... You get disappointed by because you like them so much and then when you meet them it's a big disappointment everyone that i've spoken to who's met him already says he is absolutely fantastic he's a real nice guy he's a proper gentleman justin daly thank you you've been a good sport this morning we'll speak to you uh, a little bit later on in the show oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. now who likes a bit of magic i do oh ho, ho. i'm a huge magic fan i love it i get a little bit weak at the knees well we're going to experience some magic live on the radio right now the magic Circles Youth Initiative is a competition that helps discover new talent in the magic world. And if the magicians are any good, they could go on to become the Young Magician of the Year. Well, one person in the running for this is 14-year-old Jay Borthwick from Watford. He's here with his mum, Ira. Morning, Jay. Hiya. Morning, Ira. Morning. How are you doing? You're right. Thank you so much for coming in. Jay, how did you get into magic? Um, well, it was when I was 11 years old, and yep. I, uh, my parents bought me a magic set, yep. and it was Phantasma Magic. And I watched loads of DVDs of Tommy Cooper oh. and Michael Jackson. Yeah. So, like, I decided to do magic with dance. Oh, hang on a second. You've, you've combined the two. I was about to say, where does Michael Jackson fit into it? So there's a bit of bit of the old dance in there as well. Yeah. Because well, I got those magic kits when I was a kid. I had a Paul Daniels one. But I, I, once, I got a bit bored with it. Because quite, it's quite fiddly and you've got to do all the, the things with your fingers. What, what, what made you stick with it? Um, well, it was one trick in the set, which was um, you would show your hands empty yeah. and roll your sleeves up, and then you'd suddenly make this amazing streamer appear from nowhere, yeah. and then you'd make it disappear, like you'd put it back in your fist, and then you'd blow on it, and it would disappear. Wow. And it really, like, amazed me. Yeah. Ira, Mum, is he any good? He's absolutely fantastic. No, 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 no. <laughs> take, take your mum hat off for a second. Don't forget, well, my son's fantastic. Obviously, I'm biased, but he is amazing. You is just can't take your eyes off him. You just can't. He's uh, fast, furious. The majority of his tricks are stage magic. Yeah. Um, he does like doing close-up, but it's the stage. I think he's influenced by the, um, the old Ali Bongo oh. and Tommy Cooper, uh, Jack Hughes, all a big influence influence in his unique act i've worked with ali bongo i've met ali bongo <laughs> ali bongo was a hero of mine he was the guy that kind of did all the he basically did the paul daniels show for paul daniels and ali bongo f- to mention that well that's a blast from the past what a lovely man he was what's this competition what is it all about um well it's about like all the magicians that live in like the country to come together yep. at the magic community and to show off their talents of close-up and stage 
so it's like it's going to be really fun I'm, I'm really excited about it I can't wait I, 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 it. listen let's, let's stop talking I want to see some magic young man <laughs> I wanna, I wanna, I, and I love magic I'm a huge fan of magic so I want to see if you're any good now what, what are we going to do for us what have you got I'm going to do some uh, close up magic for you guys oh, today oh yes okay. I should do my best to describe it dear listener don't worry you'll be, you'll be part of this journey with us so go on he is removing a pack of cards from his pocket he is shuffling the pack of cards you can hear them being shuffled there live on BBC Three Counties you need to pick a card. Yes, please. They're being offered to me. I'm going to pick. A, I'm going to pick that one. Up. Now, don't show me. Just look at it, yeah, and show everyone in the studio. I won't look. Okay, I'm showing the card to work experience Ollie, who stood behind me. Yes, okay. Okay, now place it on the top for me. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Now. You know what that card is, yeah? Yes. And your friend Ollie does as well, yeah. Well, let's not call him a friend. <laughs> yes, but Ollie does. Yes. I want you to think of that card in your mind. Right, I'm thinking of it. Is it black? Yes, it is. King of Clubs. Yeah, it is. How did you do that? <laughs> uh, yeah, but but uh, you didn't tell me you're going to go inside my mind. That's private. How did you do that? He didn't. I, well, I put the card on the top deck. He didn't do anything. He's shuffling the cards. I can see they're all different cards. It's not the same. Fantastic. Well done. Well done. Okay. Have you got another one for us? Yep. I love it. I love it. I become like a fifteen-year-old boy again. When there's, you'll, you'll know what that's like next year. But I, I get very excited. Okay, pack of cards been opened up. Fresh pack of cards. Here we go. He's uh, there. A red pack of cards. He's doing. Oh, he's doing the fancy shuffling. Look at that. Look, the fingers are, are going. Wonderful stuff. Okay, let's have a little look. That's going to be your card, yeah. Okay, right. He's just show, oh, he's showing me the two of hearts. Hang on, you know it's the two of hearts. That's a it's a, a trick. I'm going to sign this card. Okay, there we go. I've signed that card. It'll be worth something one day, right? <laughs> that is the only card in the world now with your name on it. Yes, that is amazing. The, o- the only it? playing card, yes. Okay, on. he's he's doing a little bit of magic. He's doing some some finger magic here. He's put the card. He's turned it over on the top now. He's folding my card in half. He's folding it in half again. Bite down on it? Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm biting down on a card. Yes, go on. Where's this card been, for goodness sakes? Okay, so he's, got, he's got the cards. Hang on a second. He's, uh, he's writing on another card now. Jay. He's writing his name on the Jack. No, is that a Jack? Jack, Jack of Clubs. Jack of Clubs, yeah, sorry. It's hard to do a show when I've got the me. Oh, no, wow. You know what I mean? Right. Okay, Jay, yes. Okay. Tra- Travelling news, you've got to wait, because I, I want to find out how this ends. He's folding that card now. Okay. He's folding it again. Where have I got to put that one? Okay. He's got that card in his mouth now. He's coming stood next to me. We're holding hands. That's good. It's good to see you. Don't eat it. He's eating the card. And he's brought the card back out again. Have you a card for me? What is he... Oh, no, 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 no. Get out of my studio. <laughs> I'm not dealing with that voodoo magic. Basically, in my mouth, I had his card. His mouth, he had my card. Jay, listen, best of luck with the competition. Very nice to meet you. Ira, lovely to meet you, my dear. Thank, Thank you, you very, very much, much for coming in. Superb stuff. <laughs> That's Jay Borthwick. Have you got a website or anything? If people want to go have a little look at, uh, look at you. Uh, YouTube. Yep. Um, type in Jay Borthwick, Stage Magic, and it's the one in my back garden. When's the, when's the competition? This Sunday. Go, go and win it, young man. I want you to come back next <laughs> week as a winner. Will you do that? Yes, Excellent stuff, Jay. That was incredible. A video of that will be on Facebook shortly. Oh, dear. Here's the travel with Sophie. This is 
is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's an action-packed showbiz special this morning. We've had magic. We're going to have Henry Winkler. And we've got live music as well. Before nine o'clock. And <laughs> Jonathan Vernon-Smith will be in the studio. It literally doesn't get any better than that. And I can only apologise. Other things we are talking about this morning. If graffiti isn't racist or deemed offensive enough in Hitchin, well, it won't be cleaned up straight away. It could be there for months. How big a priority do you think it should be for the council? Henry Winkler, the Fonz, is in Milton Keynes and Luton today. Our reporter, Justin Dealey, is off to meet him in half an hour. He wants to hear your best Fonz impressions. And it's Friday. Means a little bit of music to end the show. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. See a picture of me with the Fonz. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or... You can give me a phone call, can't you? 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. People living in part of Hitchin are being forced to live with unwanted graffiti months after reporting the problem because it's not racist or offensive enough. It will be cleared up at some point, but only as part of routine maintenance work in the area. Hertfordshire County Council says it's to ensure the most infi- efficient use of taxpayers' money in clearing up after vandals. Graffiti that is offensive will be removed within 24 hours. So, should it be a priority for the council? There's some interesting comments on the Facebook page. Some of you saying, well, it doesn't look that bad. In fact, it's quite nice. brings a bit of colour to the area. Chris Parker is the chairman of Keep Hitchin Special. He told me more about the problem. It's principally uh, road signs on entry into Hitchin, uh, at crossroads, uh, signs by railway bridges, the Keep Left signs. And what kind of things are they doing? What are they doing? It's, uh, they're, they're, there was a, a uh, one particular sign. It's, it's uh, uh, done very neatly. It's called Freak. And uh, the local paper put an advert in to f- try and find out who this person was and they put a reward out but no one's come forward so uh but and it uh, seems to have escalated well, the, it's well, not the, something we want in hitchin we want hitchin to be a a pleasant uh, graffiti free environment well there you go that's um what um chris parker the chairman of keep hitchin special told me well our reporter sophie Solaria found out what other residents think of it it's disgusting some of it the nature of it and some of it is very uh, abusive in a way you know just feel as though n- nobody wants to know about it nobody wants to clean it up or anything do they our estate is full of dogs poo teenagers on the street when they should be at school and people selling drugs everywhere you look. And people driving like it's a racetrack on 30-mile-an-hour roads. So graffiti really is not a big issue when there's a lot more problems going on. Exactly. But they should be yeah, exactly. should be sorting out and looking into. I mean, we're looking here, right in front of us now, yeah. a number of different signatures and signs yeah. on a big wall. on the bus stop and things yeah. like that. Does it bother you at all? Yeah, I don't like it at all. It's unnecessary, isn't it? Nobody takes any notice, do they? When you get to my age, you're nothing. You don't feel considered? No. Not, no, because uh, they look at you as if you're balmy. Mm. <laughs> I think I am, but still. <laughs> Have you ever approached a youth and said, could you stop that, please? No, not since I got mugged. No, you got mugged? Yeah. <laughs> Three boys just knocked me down and kicked me, and I lost my teeth, went deaf, and... And that was that was the end of you trying to confront anybody. Oh, yeah, I don't. Now you no. put up with the graffiti. Oh yeah, have to. 
Well, Executive Member for Environment at Hearts County Council is Conservative Councillor Richard Thake. Morning, Richard. Morning. Why is it taking months to clear up this graffiti in Hitchin? Well, I think you, you, you summed it up absolutely. In your introduction, there's, uh, as with every other um, part of life these days, we're facing sort of, uh, some severe financial cutbacks and we're having to uh, target our <coughs> spending. Excuse me, I've got a bit of a throat this morning. Uh, target our spending and obviously we have to... Uh, uh, respond rapidly and will respond rapidly to anything that's offensive or racist um, and unfortunately it means that the rest of the stuff has to be dealt with on a cyclical maintenance basis which sometimes is not as quick as people would want. Well how, how long does that take? We, we spoke to someone earlier on who reported something back in November and it's still there. Indeed yeah well Chris and I have been uh, in active correspondence with each other and, and uh, obviously had uh, several meetings on the issue and yes it's taken too long. Um, as you may well know, the, across Hertfordshire we had a new uh, highways contract which uh, kicked in at the back end of last year, and unfortunately it wasn't quite as smooth as we would have liked, and there uh, have been some backlogs. Uh, the, the executive member, Stuart Parr, has been working very hard with the new company to get this sorted out, and it's beginning to get better, but um, you know, some of these issues, which would uh, normally be swept up, um, have yet to be done so. It is, I mean, there are cuts being made everywhere. It, 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 is graffiti a priority or is it, is it quite down the list? Well, it, it's, it, it, it is, if it's non-racist and, and, and non-abusive, it is, I suppose, one has to be honest, down the list on the basis that as much as you would want to get it sorted out, especially on road signs, if it's obscuring anything, we would consider that to be a danger. If it's not obscuring anything, it's, it's dealt with as part of the regular cleaning or the annual cleaning, really. Um, and obviously from, from the point of view of the proliferation of it, uh, it's not just the county council property. The district council has uh, a graffiti busting team. We have a graffiti busting team. Uh, and again, these are targeted to uh, areas where the, the councils have access and have responsibility when it's on private land or private property, as in one particular uh, wall in Hitchin, which is causing considerable concern to residents in that area. Uh, we can only use our best powers to ask the owners either to allow us to come in and clean it, and if they won't give that con- consent, do it themselves. And if they don't play ball, there it, there it sits. Well, and what's and this is racist, of course. Well, well this is what I was going to say, because one of the solutions, if, you want, if I've got a, a, a tagging on, a, on my street sign but no one would get rid of it, is to go and draw a winky on it or something rude <laughs> and say, well, ah, this, this is offensive now, and, and then would you come out and clean it? Not you personally. Um, but well, the, not pers- well, maybe I might, but um, I, obviously I wouldn't advise that because, it's, no. unfortunately, you, as you gather, the, the, the poor person who was trying to do that with a perfectly rational idea behind it would probably be the one that they would find. Yep. If we could find the chap who who, uh, uh, who keeps tagging this uh, this word freak on it, and it is, as Chris says, it's, it's very neatly done, um, obviously we would cut out a considerable amount because it's patently the same person unless someone's doing sort of some wonderful mimicry. So is it this, this, this lady or this gentleman freak the, the main cause of the problem in Hitchin? Well, it's certainly, it's certainly one of the, uh, the, the most regularly seen uh, pieces of graffiti. Um, once we can find out who it is and isolate them and uh, well, obviously if, if it's uh, uh, I'm, I, I guess it, it is a criminal activity and uh, but I don't know what sanctions the police would uh, put on them but I, they have arrested people before and uh, on one particular case there was I think two years of, uh, of this problem and it was the same individual and it stopped once he was uh, prevented. Is there a problem with the contractor Richard? Not, 
Not now. Um, I mean, it, it would be disingenuous of me to say that there wasn't. When they took over, uh, there were a series of issues, something much to do with them, and I have to hold our hand out and say some of it to do with the county council. In but what did the county council get wrong? We passed over a contract with uh, a considerable number of operatives, and uh, obviously the expectations were very high. It took an immense time to get some of the tupi arrangements put forward, and uh, uh, human resources uh, somehow managed to allow a great chunk of them not to uh, to actually be passed over. So the operator had slightly less labour force than they thought, and frankly, with with the bad winter that we got. Um, the, the problems on the highways escalated, so you had this massive sort of uh, return to the bad old days when there were bloody potholes everywhere. We couldn't do much about it while the weather was bad, but as you, if you go around Hartley now, certainly, certainly in my pattern, and I think that is in, uh, indicative of the, of the place as a whole, they are beginning to get on top of it, but it's been a, a long, slow process. Richard, well, thank you for the time. We've got to end it there. That's Executive Member for Environment at Hearts County Council, Conservative Councillor. Richard Thake, with the spoke to the contractor at Ringway, and they wouldn't come on the show. So, thanks very much, guys. Uh, what, what do you think? Is it such a big problem? I mean, tags everywhere. If you don't know what a tag is, it's, it's that annoying little kind of black scribble where they, they, they write their name. Uh, and already we've given this gentleman, and it will be a gentleman, hardly any ladies, this gentleman freak far too much uh, notoriety. He'll be sitting at home rubbing his hands with He won't be. He won't be listening to us. But uh, is it a massive problem? Really? There is a generic picture on the Facebook page, not of, 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 of Hitchin as such, but a, a generic photo of uh, graffiti. What, what do you think about graffiti? Is it that big a problem? When everybody is being forced to make cuts, uh, the council, they have to prioritise. And graffiti, really? Is it that big a deal? Morning, Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Hello. It's the freaking weekend, baby. I'm about to have me some fun, as R. Kelly once sang. You made my morning this morning. Do you know why? Why? Because I closed the door quietly and didn't wake you. I was... (laughs) 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 I was driving down the Hertfordshire country lanes this morning as you played Neil Sedaka, Laughter in the Rain. For you, for you. I was singing, I turned you up. I was singing. It's it's such a good song. We we duetted the other day and I thought, oh, I've not heard it for years. I wonder if it stands the test of time. And it did. There's a lovely video on YouTube. Uh, He was on Alan Titchmarsh. Uh, last year, end of last year. Right. Now, Neil Sedaka, I don't know how old he is now, but he's, uh, he's not getting any younger. No, no, he's not. He's still got the voice. He's got an amazing voice. Oh, uh, beautiful. He's an, he was an odd pop star because he, he started as a songwriter, then he did become a pop star. He's an odd pop star because he doesn't look like a pop star, does no. he? He doesn't look like a... But the songs and the voice, oh, it's fantastic. Brilliant. Neil Sedaka weekend at my house, so you're all invited. Yes. Yeah, you can come along. Love that. I mean, don't come in, but you can look through the window and see the fun we're having. <laughs> through the letterbox. What are you doing this weekend? Anything nice? Um. Oh. No. Okay. What's on your show? I've done a lot of socialising this week, though. I need a weekend off. <laughs> I had a luxury soiree last night. Oh, had really? A couple of pinots. Really? Yes. At your house? Yes. Because I was staying in the hotel over the road on my own. <laughs> I was. Were you? Yeah, I was. Oh, you could have come. Well, yeah, if I'd been, I don't know, invited, <laughs> invited yes. or something. What's on your show this morning, JVS? 
Coming up at nine on the big phone in, is taking someone else's speeding points a bad crime in your eyes? Uh, the uh, face of Vicky Price for the uh, ex-wife of the former Lib Dem MP, Chris Hune, is on the front page of most of today's papers. Yesterday she was found guilty of perverting the course of justice in connection with a case where she'd accused Mr Hune of forcing her to take his speeding points. Well, it's been a case that's come under much speculation. And this morning from nine, I want to hear your views. We've been wanting to do this phone in for a while but because of legal reasons we've yes. not been able to well today we can and we're going to so is taking someone else's speeding points a bad crime people do it a lot I, I, I would I, never recommend it but people do, do i it. suspect they do yeah. if you are let me give you a scenario ladies and gentlemen who perhaps have never even thought of this your husband who needs his car mm. he's he's up to the limit on his points he's been caught many times speeding yep if he loses his licence, it means that he won't be able to work, he won't be able to do all the things that you need him to do. You, on the other hand, have a totally unblemished record. Would you, if it meant he was going to lose his licence, would you say, yeah, I'll say it was me driving the car, I'll take, I can have three points on my licence because mm. my licence is absolutely clean, and then that means you won't lose your job. Mm. How many people wouldn't do that for their other half? That's perhaps the question. Mm, From yes. nine this Good. morning, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is taking someone else's speeding points a bad crime in your eyes? Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. You can email JVS as well if you want. JVS show at bbc.co.uk. Put your phone number... Maybe a couple of lines about what you you want to say and the team will no doubt get back to you if they can. Now, very excited. Henry Winkler, the Fonz, is in Milton Keynes today. He's going to be in Luton a little bit later on. Justin Dealey has been... Well, you've been stalking him, haven't you, Dealey? Mm. I have. I've seen him around five minutes ago. He's wearing a delightful purple jumper. Uh, he's here in Milton Keynes and he's going to be in Luton later on. He's talking to school children. Brilliant. It's a campaign to raise the esteem of young people. He is going to be live on your programme just after 8.30. Oh, We've had people singing the theme tune and, of course, in Milton Keynes this morning, getting people to give me their Fonz impressions. More to come after 8.30. 30, but here's a couple more for you. Bertie, the Fonz, uh, that character, what did that mean to you when you were growing up? It meant everything, really. Yeah, he was a cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't beat him, can you? You really can't. So, come on then, let's hear your Fonz impression. Take it away. You! <laughs> that was a yo! That was a go, hey, come on. Hey! <laughs> it improved the second time, thank you. No, it's all right, thanks. Well, Nathan, Henry Winkler is staying in this hotel. It's the talk of the hotel. Everyone's walking around doing impressions. Let's have your impression, come on. Hey! And for those obviously that can't see, because this is radio, the thumbs are well and truly up, aren't they? They are indeed. Fantastic. And again? Hey! You've got to get the thumbs up. It's yeah. amazing, because not only had a catchphrase, e, yeah. but he also had a, a physical catchphrase of kind of the little <laughs> lean back and both thumbs going up. Oh, it's just fantastic. Uh, Henry Winkler, a.k.a. The Fonz, live on the programme. I did speak to him, in. I said, Henry, we really, really appreciate your time. Just to let you know, we are doing Fonz impressions. He then walked off to go and get breakfast. So, <laughs> uh, we, we shall play him those impressions <laughs> after 8.30 and back. see what he makes of it. He won't be back. He's such a nice man. I interviewed mm. him years ago at another radio station, and I... I'd met him before, and I said, oh, I'd love you to come on the show as a guest. He said, well, it, things are a bit busy, but yes, I will, I will yeah. definitely do it. And it got to the last day of him being in the United Kingdom, and he hadn't come on, and we hadn't got hold of him. I thought, oh, mm. oh he's, he's blown me out. He's let me down. He's really let me down. 
And then during the show, we got a phone call. And my producer came and said, Henry Winkler's calling us. I was wow. like, OK. And he called us off his own back. He found out what station I was on, what show I was on. Oh. Called me. He called me in between um, courses in a restaurant. So he just had his main and he was waiting for his dessert. Yeah. And because he promised he was going to come on, he, ca- he tracked me down and he called me. How that, cool is that? That is incredible. And that's what everyone inside this hotel is saying. They get a lot of stars that stay here at this particular hotel. They're all saying, do you know what? He is such a lovely, lovely guy. He's going to be live on your programme, Ian, after 8.30. The excitement is building. JD, thank you very much indeed. He's the nicest man in show business. Not just in Dealey. He's a complete so-and-so. Just remember where I was for a second. But, uh, but Henry Winkler, what a lovely man. If you want to see the picture of me with Henry Winkler, facebook.com forward slash BBC3. So I keep banging on about it because it's one of my proudest, proudest moments. Now, Liberal Democrats will gather in Brighton later today for their spring conference with the party in turmoil. Former Cabinet Minister Chris Hewn is facing jail, along with his ex-wife Vicky Price, for perverting the course of justice after she took his speeding points for him. It's claimed senior figures in the party knew about it, although all of those are denying any knowledge. I'm joined now by our political correspondent, Paul Rowley. Paul, good morning to you. What do you make? This story's on the front page of, of pretty much every newspaper. What do you make of it? It's all very messy, Ian. Here you've got two high flyers, one a former cabinet minister, the other an eminent economist. Their careers seemingly over, their reputations destroyed, now about to lose their liberty. For what? Some would say it's a pretty minor motoring offence, more than a decade ago where politics, sex and crime came together in this heady mix, this human melodrama uh, rich with uh, bitterness, vitriol and and revenge. And to be very crude about it, Ian, uh, most blokes I talked to at Westminster think that she was a a cow for shopping him when she was party to it. And most women tell me he was a rat for shacking up with another woman. So the AA reckon this kind of thing is pretty widespread, but it is a criminal offence. And maybe the thinking is people in high positions have to be made an example of sentencing will be in the next few weeks both will have to pay the price and when i say price ian that's price with a with a y because that's how she spells it well the the the, the thing that's come out that we can discuss freely now is her claims her claims that senior members of the lib dem party knew about this what do you make of that well they've denied it and that's the other oddity there's been lots of denials in this case throughout i mean she apparently says if you believe the emails that she spoke to miriam clegg the wife of the deputy prime minister uh, she's also said to have told vince cable the business secretary and his wife rachel at a supper at the cables two years ago supper at the cables sounds like a new reality TV show, doesn't it? Yes, Channel all 5. All of them denied, saying, first time we knew about it, it was when, when it was in the newspapers. But it comes at a time when the Liberal Democrats were embroiled in another scandal over Lord Grope, as the Daily Mirror described him, Lord Renard, the former chief executive of the party, and his supposedly wandering hands, although that is denied as well. So it's all very clumsy, and in both instances, the leadership is being accused frankly, of a cover-up. So it's not exactly the kind of backdrop, Ian, that the party would want at the start of their spring conference. Well, is is it going to make for an exciting party spring conference? What can we expect? Well, normally, most of the media don't bother turning up, but everybody has uh, got accreditation for this one, because not what's on the agenda, but what's happening around. Although I I would predict that neither of the two Chrises, neither Messrs Hugh nor Renard, will be turning up for this one. Difficulty is for the Liberal Democrats, this was to have been the showcase for their 25th anniversary 
democracy. They merged uh, back in 1988 between the old Liberal Party and the Social Democrats. Uh, Christian was an SDP man. Chris Renard was in the, the old Liberal Party. They were hoping to spell out the priorities for the second term of this Parliament. Frankly, fat chance, because even though Nick Clegg kicks off the event tonight with a speech and at the close of the session on Sunday, I think the media coverage largely will be about the handling of these, these two crises. Indeed, uh, Tim Farron, the party president, is admitting this morning the party's in a critical state. And in what sounds very ap uh, apocalyptic, he's saying the party should n not assume that they'll survive. Oh, dear. Uh, they are in government, let's not forget. But, yeah, they did win the Eastleigh by-election a week ago, a contest, though, caused by one of these very scandals, the resignation of one Christian. Paul, thank you very much. That's Paul Rowley. He's uh, our political correspondent. Yes, uh, eyes are turned towards the Lib Dem conference when normally they would be averted. It looks like it's going to, uh, if any of these issues are going to drag them down. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Coming up before nine o'clock, before JV... Oh, just to remind you, of course, JVS is, is talking about this. He's asking, is taking someone else's speeding points a bad crime in your eyes? Have you done it? People do it. I've never done it. I had a lot of speeding points. I had nine. And I did get... I, I know I had nine. And I got, I, I got another letter through saying, ooh, you're going you're gonna to get some speeding points. And I, I wrote them a begging letter and I somehow managed to get off it. I've got no points now. I have a clear licence. I'm a much more responsible driver than I used to be years ago. But uh, I don't think I'd do it. Have you done it? Taking speeding points because your your husband or your wife or your boyfriend or your girlfriend is, is at their limit and it would mean they'd lose their car, they'd lose their licence, their insurance would go up, they'd lose their job. Well, that's what JVS is asking. Is taking someone else's speeding points a bad crime in your eyes? You can call now, 08459 455 555. Or you can send him an email if you want, jvsshow at bbc.co.uk and you can uh, just pop your phone number and a couple of lines about what you want to say and they'll try and get back. You can email us as well. I keep saying this, and this is the, the thing we were talking about, the trees today in Luton we got because someone got in touch with us and said, oh, I think you should be looking at this. If there's a story going on that, that, that is big or small, could just be happening on your street, could be happening in your town, email me, 3cr at bbc.co.uk. Put Ian Lee or breakfast in the subject heading and, and just give us a little idea as to what it is and maybe a phone number and, and we'll, we'll get back. If we think it's worthy of us, we'll get back. If we think it maybe will fit into Roberto's show or Nick's show or Jonathan's show, then we'll forward it to the relevant people. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC oh. Three Counties Radio. Very excited because Henry Winkler's going to be on my show this morning. We are seconds away from Henry Winkler and also before the end of the show at nine o'clock. Bit of music. Got a folk band in the studio. I, I've been informed are excellent. I'm thoroughly looking forward to it. Anyway, he's one of the biggest, most recognisable television stars in the world. Well, now actor and author Henry Winkler is trying to inspire young people with learning difficulties and he's helping out in Luton and Milton Keynes. Dyslexic himself, Henry is touring schools this month as part of the First News My Way campaign to raise the esteem of young people. This afternoon he'll be visiting the Meads Primary School in Luton, but right now he's in Milton Keynes. Alongside him is our uh, reporter, our very own Three Counties, Arthur Fonzarelli. It's Justin D. Justin, you're there with 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 Henry. How's it I, going? Is there, is there tension between the two of you? No, no. I think we're fine, aren't we, Henry? We yeah. are. We're sitting in a van <laughs> that could be big enough for like one and a half people. Do you like my leather jacket? Do you, do you like this? My leather jacket, you which is what? on I, for you. 
I noticed that you had your leather on. You look sharp as a tack. <laughs> Thank you very much. So we have the man himself, uh, Henry Winkler, a.k.a. The Fonz, in our radio car. Ian, this could be slightly awkward because um, Henry knows that we've been out this morning gathering Fonz impressions, and they have been shocking. I'm so sorry, Henry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this was Justin's yes, idea. It was my idea. Henry, take a listen to this. Here's some more. Well, here's Audra. It's an unusual name. Is your Fonz impression going to be unusual? Come on, let's hear it. Hey! That was wonderful. <laughs> Can I hear it once more? Come on! Hey! <laughs> well, here's Carol. Carol, you now live in Milson Keynes. You're originally from Texas. You were a huge Happy Days fan. Can we have your Fonz impression? Yes, here we are. Hey! <laughs> and seeing him here today, what has that meant to you? Because you grew up watching him on television. I grew up watching Henry Winkler, and certainly now he does a lot of good things for the children, and uh, he has uh, a lot of charity things that he's involved in, so great respect for him. Anthony, make it nice and manly for us. Give us your Fonz impression. Come on. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> You've been practising that, haven't you? That was very, very impressive. I think I'm going to give you nine and a half out of ten. terrible, mate, that. No, I enjoyed it. I seriously enjoyed it. Thank you very much. No problem, mate. Come on in, Dave. Give us your Fonz impression. Hey! Henry, I'm so sorry. No, you know what? I'm very impressed because they all <laughs> sounded exactly like me. <laughs> that was really fantastic. Do you ever get bored? I mean, that show was like 35 years ago. Do you ever get bored of it and go, oh, for goodness sakes, jog on? No, never once. You know, I was here in Milton Keynes doing a wonderful panto at the beautiful theater. And uh, so I was here for three months uh, a couple of years ago, and I just loved it. Henry, you won't remember this, but I met you about six, seven years ago. We were filming a show for Channel 5 about the, the best bits of Happy Days, and I had to dress up as the Fonz and stand next to you. And uh, I've, it's, it's my favourite picture I've ever had taken, uh, and I've got children, but I, I felt like a plum standing next to you dressed up like that. Can I just say that that image has burned itself into my brain? <laughs> I'm sorry. Why are you here, Henry? Because you, you're doing something very special, aren't you? Well, you know, I've, it's kind of like uh, my mission at the moment to meet every child in Great Britain and let them know that no matter how they learn, it has nothing to do with how brilliant they are. Mm. What a fantastic message. Well, you know what I've found? I've found that self-image is the beginning and the end of living. And when a child has a learning challenge, they know they're not doing well. They don't need to be told. They don't need to be reminded that they're not up to snuff. They know very well. And it's our job as friends, parents, teachers to keep them uh, and their self-image buoyed. And so how are you doing that? What is the First News My Way campaign? How does it work? Uh, we travel all over Great Britain. We go into schools. I do usually two schools a day. I think uh, later on this afternoon I'm going to Luton. That's right, yes. Uh, I'm going to be there with those wonderful students. And I tell them my story. I just tell them my journey. And hopefully it connects to somebody. So how, you, you're dyslexic, is that right? I am. And how did that affect you as, when you were young? Well, it affects you every day. You never get over your dyslexia. You only learn to negotiate it. So when I was younger, you know, uh, school was very hard for me. Uh, I had the, the most horrendous time trying to pass any of my courses. Uh, and the same is still today. Reading is hard. Uh, you know, if I go to a, a pizza parlor and I pay the man in, in paper money, I don't know how much change I'm supposed to get back, nor do I, uh, am I able to add up the coins in my hand. 
Wow. And how do, I guess with acting as well, how did you learn script? How do you learn scripts? You know, that's interesting. When you want something, you figure out how to do it. Yeah. And uh, I just had to read the scripts slower. I had to read them more often than other people. But it worked. Mm. And here I am today in your very, very, very small van. (laughs) (laughs) Just thinking, where did it all go wrong, for goodness sakes? I was living high on the hog. (laughs) And then I got... Did you... Did you ever think of taking the food wrappers out of here? <laughs> Justin, did you not clean up the car for Henry Winkler? <laughs> well, I, I, I was oh, short on man. time, wasn't I? I was too busy getting Fonz impressions. Yeah, well, yeah, I think maybe we should spend a bit more time on, on making that look a little bit presentable. D- Henry, are the kids, are they open? Because I know I've got... A, a, you helped a very good friend of mine uh, who, uh, who is an actor, and his son is dyslexic, and you gave him some books and gave him some advice and a few tips. Uh, are the young people, when you they know, know what, they have a problem... That is a great question, because when I first started... And I say to people, do you have trouble in school? They are reluctant to raise their hand, mm. embarrassed to raise their hand. By the time we're done together, everybody wants to be dyslexic. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It is, they are, they understand that maybe sometimes because we are different, we are unbelievably special. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and and they're receptive. To you. I, I'm guessing as well. Primary schools that most of them won't know won't know you from from Happy Days. No, that's true. And it doesn't matter if they've never heard about me before, because by the time we're done, uh, and I usually have about 500, 600 kids wow. in an assembly at a time. Yeah. I I end up hugging almost every one of them. What a thrill. They all want to come up and say, wow, you know, I, I now know that uh, I'm a, a great person. Henry, I have to hijack this interview ever so slightly for my own personal gain. Sure. I'm a huge, huge fan of the greatest American sitcom of all time, uh, Arrested Development. We just finished shooting... Arrested Development. It will be on in the spring. Oh, I'm on so Netflix. excited. Uh, it's going to be on Netflix. I'm so excited. It, it was, it, it is, if you've not seen it, dear listener, it, it is one of the most intelligent, clever, witty shows of all time. It's been off the air for, what, four, four years or something? Yes. And, you know, Mitch Horowitz, who is the, the man who invented it, uh, he couldn't make a movie. That's why the movie took so long. Right. Because he was afraid he could never bring all the characters up all those four years in two and a half hours. Yeah. So he made another television show, and I'm telling you, it was as funny as when we left them. Is it, is it good? Is it really good? I think so. Oh. I really do. And is everyone in it? Is Scott Bio in it? Is it Everybody who? was there. This is so As exciting. a matter of fact, I, I finally did my first scene with Scott uh, uh, maybe three weeks ago. Your first scene ever with Chachi, really? Yes, uh, in uh, Arrested Development. Wonderful. We never acted together in that show. But Bob blah, blah, blah. Uh, But l- listen, Henry, it's so nice to talk to you. And uh, uh, Justin, did I, he, isn't he the nicest man in show business? He is the nicest guy. Have we got time for this story about the leather jacket? Oh, yeah, yeah, and go, the on, alleyway? go on, yes, of course you have. <laughs> Henry, you'll like this one. Are you into soccer by any chance? You know, uh, yes, I am. Uh, when I'm over here, I watch it, and I watch the World Cup. 
Fantastic. Well, I've got a story for you very quickly before we go to the travel news. Uh, what happened was, it was last March, I've been to a hot destination. Henry, I come back, I was looking all tanned up. I, I was looking delicious, OK? And I'm wearing a low-cut T-shirt uh, with my leather jacket and my hair's all slicked back. Right. And I'm walking up this alleyway at five to three. Right. Just before kick-off time. It's Luton Town against Grimsby Town. It's a huge game. A bit of right. glamorous match, it's, it's Henry. Yeah, a big glamorous <laughs> match. It's glamorous. And coming down this alleyway, I'm on my own. Must be about 20 Grimsby Town supporters. And they've seen me walking up the alleyway. Why is he tanned? It's March. He shouldn't be tanned. Why is his hair so slick back? Why is he wearing a tight leather jacket like that? And the first one said, Here are, lads. Look, look, look. Look, it's the Fonz. Look, look. He thinks he's the Fonz. Look at him. Look at the state of that. And they took the mickey out of me. Can you say something to those Grimsby Town supporters, if they are listening right now, for taking the mickey out of me? They hurt me that day, Henry. You know, um, that's one of the things that we talk about in schools, that a child can say something very mean to another child. Mm. And then they walk away and they go to their next class or lunch or a sporting event, and the child who they put down, who they said that mean thing to, is left with a hurtful phrase that stays for a long time. So if I see those guys in an alleyway, they are really up for it. Let me also tell you, I have a Milton Keynes Don's uh, uniform shirt. Well, you're doing so well. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Henry, listen, it's so nice to talk to you, and, and, and I think it's brilliant what you're doing. Keep up the good work. You're in um, the Meads Primary School in Luton later on today, so thank you so much for coming and helping the kids. And in a half an hour, I'm going to the Milton Keynes Theatre, where I performed to meet 500 children from all over the area. Henry, it's, it, you're doing a cracking job. Well done. Not many people would uh, be so helpful. Uh, Justin Dealey and Henry Winkler there. Fantastic stuff indeed. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, there we go. The nicest man in show business next to one of the nastiest men in show... No, I'm joking, of course. Wasn't that lovely? I've insisted that Justin gets photos of him with Henry. And what a cracking job he's doing. Coming over <clears throat> all the way going and, and, and helping the kids... Uh, in the, the three counties with their self-esteem, with their reading, all of that stuff. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. We've been talking about graffiti this morning after Hitchin uh, have... The council in Hitchin have kind of said, if it's not offensive, if it's not racist, well, you'll have to wait for a bit. Lynn is in Hazelmere. Morning, Lynn. Good morning, Ian. Have you got graffiti near you? Um, not terribly near me. We've, in High Wycombe, um, there's, there's some. Uh, some over the garages, I think, over in Hazelmere. But... Um, I was a bit perturbed about the the graffiti that was removed, really. Oh. Under the bridge in High Wycombe, there's a skate park there for the kids and the teenagers and everybody. Yeah. And there was some... They just kept it to the to the actual skate park. It, it's under the bridge at High Wycombe, under the train bridge near Morrison's. And uh, it's purpose-built and everything. And, and there was the most beautiful art on the walls there... It wasn't just, you know, Ronnie loves so-and-so or whatever. It was, um... Who, who does Ronnie I'm, love these days, by the I, way? I've no idea. <laughs> right, OK. Not yes. me. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, the council decided that they, they would paint over it with this special paint, oh. this black paint, and then put what they thought was funky pictures oh. around the skate park. And it... Oh, talk about soul-destroying for the kids, because... The, the art was really good and they used to chat with the you know people going past it would look at it and, and in a way it was good because they'd start chatting to the kids that were skating yeah. and they weren't half as scary then yeah. and I think that was the most 
if you well, can't do a little... Not at all, really. The young people can't do a little bit of graffiti in a skate park. You, you'd mm. think you'd kind of expect and uh, accept that there. And to paint it over with, with, with their own funky pictures. Hey, we're the council. These pictures are funky, guys! Lynn, thank you very much indeed. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We've had a packed show. You've only just tuned in. I know some of you kind of tuned in for the last ten minutes because you're, you're looking forward to, to JVS. And boy, oh boy, has he got a rip-roaring show for you this morning. Probably. More than likely. More, more times than not, he does. Well, you've missed a humdinger this morning. We've had Magic. We've had um, The Fonz. We've had the Lib Dems. Uh, yeah, we've had uh, kids talking about politics. I thoroughly recommend you go and listen to this uh, uh, on the iPlayer, the BBC iPlayer. Well, we're going to end it now with a little bit of music. Musical Friday is the uh, snappy term that we've come up with to describe the music that we have on a Friday. I like to end the show with a little bit of, uh, of music on a Friday to, to, to lift us from the, the maybe the slightly stressful week we've had. Well, it's all gone technical and fancy this week. Normally... The group comes in here and we position the, the two spare mics we've got and we do the best we can. Well, I, I'm, I'm good at, I've been given access to the BBC Introducing Hub. It's a hub. Basically, it's the studio down the corridor that's, uh, that's set up a little bit better to record live music. I've got no idea what they look like or anything. The band are called The Folk, which kind of implies what sort of music they're going to make. They're from Hartford and they're live on BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, ladies, uh, you play a song and I'll come and join you in a second. Oh, that was fantastic. I don't want to interrupt. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Well, let's, let's, I'm going to come along and get your names. We're all in this big studio, so I get to walk around. What's your name? I'm Rose. I'm Lucy. And I'm Lauren. Hello, uh, everybody. Now, do, do, you, all, you all look... I'm always drawn to the bass player, because I play bass, so I'm kind of... You know, those guys can j- jog on a little bit. <laughs> you, no, you, I, you, I'm being rude. I'm being slightly rude. It sounded fantastic. How long have you been together? Um, we've been together two about two years, and then as this set up in about... Eight nine months. You say this set up for eight nine months. Did you did you sack someone? Did someone did someone get the boot? We sacked everybody. <laughs> <laughs> which one of which one of you's the diva then? I think it might be me. It's Lucy, lead singer. Yeah, you know <laughs> these lead singers. They kind of are you, do you put, keep everyone in line and boss them around? I do. I am. Um, I can make sure they stay in place sometimes. Yeah, right. <laughs> She's on the feathers it up. <laughs> I think there's going to be a fight later. I don't need to split up over this. You're all you're all quite young. How come you've got into making this sort of music? It was quite... It's sort of random. Me and Rose had quite a folky influence as we started off. I mean, this is more pop, the sort of stuff we're doing in acoustic. So we started off with the folkier stuff, and then Lucy sort of came in, and she had a very strong pop element, and it just sort of, like, mixed the sound into this sort of acoustic, folky pop stuff. We sort of play... We tend to just write what comes to us, and depending on what genre that is, we might have to change it to make it more like us rather than to rock and roll, because we're rock stars. You're, you're making a sign there. You're trying to give a secret message. Are you telling her to change to her, her eight-string eight ukulele? Yes, I am. Change to the eight-string ukulele. <laughs> I've never seen an eight-string uke either. I saw that as the first thing I saw when I came in. What, what kind of... Uh, um, who are your influences then? Um, well, we were described as the love child of Mumford & Sons on Florence and the Machine, which was a massive compliment. So I think that's quite a strong influence there. You're better than Mumford & Sons. They make a nice sound, but they're a bit boring, aren't they, really? <gasps> Oh, wow, thank you. Wow. <laughs> and they were like, what do you do in your spare time? Uh, we walk and drink beer and read. It was like... They're, 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 just, quite, they're just quite dull. Are you aware of Crosby, Stills and Nash? 
Yeah. Right, you need to go and get the first. Cro- this is, I, I'm going to educate you. Go and get the first Crosby, Stills and Nash album. I'm going to buy it for you because that you need to listen to that and the, uh, you, the, the harmonies is what you need to listen to there. I think. Okay, that's amazing. Well, is it, listen, I'm going to get you to play another song in a second. Now you're eight string uked up. Where, where did you get that bad boy from? Um, it's kind of custom made because uh, I'm fussy and it's had a few changes. But I like it. Listen, we're going to run out of time. Is there a website that people can go to to find out more? Um, find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just type in The Folk UK. Okay, listen. Start your next song. Start it immediately. I'm going to go next door. I may have to end you a little bit short as we go to the news, but it's sounding fantastic in your own time. I feel terrible having to fade them down. That's amazing. They're brilliant. The folk. Seriously, get an address from them, Kelly, because I'm going to send them the first Crosby, Stills and Nash album. They need to hear it. I'm going to help them in their musical education. They're the folk. Go and find them on Facebook. They are wonderful. What a great sound. I feel terrible having to do this, but... Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sophie, thank you for being good sport this morning. It's appreciated. (laughs) Have a nice weekend. But what a packed show. That was the folk you heard there playing us out. Wonderful stuff. If you want to see a picture of um, Justin Dealey with Henry Winkler, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Back on Monday at 6. JBS is up next. Until Monday, ta-ta. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian.